Aaron, my chips are boring. It's 2016. Why are my so chips should, boring? We should make your own chips. What the f*** is going on down there? Ladies and gentlemen, hello, welcome to WTF at TFW. Uh, I'm joined by Aaron. Yep. How you doing? I'm doing okay. How you doing? It's it's Sunday, by the way. We're recording right. recording on Sunday. Um, yeah. You having a good Sunday? Yeah, it's been all right. Um, had friends over, and we're going to go to the Kokomo uh, Toy Store. And then we thought, hey, before we drive an hour, maybe we should look and see if they're open on Sundays. And turns out they aren't. So, hey. Uh, didn't do that. Oh, you saved yourself, you know, frustration. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm clicking my mic volume down because, okay, here's the weird thing. Every time I plug this mic into the computer, it always sets itself like 10 decibels higher than than my usual auto set. And I mm-hmm. think there's a ghost in the microphone. Um, Should be. TJ, hello. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. Uh, how is your Sunday going? It's it's Morphicon Sunday. It's Morphicon Sunday, and yes, I've seen all the big, expensive half-metal things that I'm going to be paying out the nose for one day. Yeah, it's FYI, if, if y'all aren't paying attention to Morphicon news, but you know what a Power Ranger is, they're doing a Soul of Chigokin original Megazord, a.k.a. the Daizujin. Uh, and that's... So you know how with Transformers, a couple years ago, if you would have said, they're going to spend a year and a half doing just combiners, or they're going to spend a year and a half just doing headmasters and everyone will be a headmaster, it would be like, well, that's that's never going to happen. That's not fiscally responsible. That's not possible. That was what a lot of us would have said about A Soul of Jagokin Daizujin a couple years ago. So I like that the times are changing. Yeah, they got a little thing that says, oh, you'll see battle mode at New York Comic Con. I'm like, I I know how it's going to look. All you need <laughs> is a little, all you need is a, like a little like disclaimer underneath in parentheses going, it has elbows and knees. Yeah, just t- tell us it's, I mean, I'm sure it will be, but yeah, just just say the, the articulation. Say all the ways that it will make the Legacy Megazord irrelevant to me and and we're good. Uh, I, I th- I'm thinking that New York Comic Con is because, like, that's a really nice-looking display they have, but I bet that that prototype is rickety as all hell. Um. Oh, yeah. Like, the it almost makes me wonder if they were hoping to show the battle mode, except that, you know, what would have happened to, to it would have been what happened to the resin Feral Rex a couple years ago, and it would have just imploded on its own joints or something. <clears throat> well, Morphicon is not... I, I don't believe that's an official convention. It's it's weird. I don't think it's official, but every official body gets their fingers stuck right into it. It's officially supported. Yeah. But as far as I knew, it started as a fan convention. Are they doing it annually now? I I think it was a bi month is a bi yearly thing for a long time. Yeah, because that that was what always bummed me out, is it was every two years. And so I'd forget about it because I always, you know, in the back of my head, I'm like, I'd like to go to Morphicon. That sounds fun. But like two years between each show, me and me not being heavy into the fandom means I forget about it till it's happening all the time. Uh, but I feel like there was one last year as well. I don't know. I didn't actually check any of this. I'm just killing time because I'm trying to load something up. Because uh, do you guys know what episode number we're on this week? Um, One more than the last one. No. no. Oh, yeah. Guys, 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 it is episode 
is episode number 420! 420, yo! Smoke them if you don't smoke them, but if you got them, all right, there we go. We celebrated. I am disgusted that we stalled for that. Yeah, we we didn't stall. I just I I I misclicked on my YouTube app right after I had it all set up. There are a whole bunch of these actually. I got another one. No, you don't. You don't need to do that. Four twenty. Oh, that one's terrible. I just keep. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> There's a little musical note coming out of the clip art of the air horn on the video for that. <laughs> that makes me laugh. Um, anyway, we're here to talk to you today about Transformers. Um, and first up, before we go into the new pick picks, I thought that since me and Seth had talked about it uh, at least once before the thing is over, um, and we have our full thoughts, I wanted to talk to you guys briefly about the Combiner Wars Machinima show, uh, available now on uh, on YouTube, as it should be, unless you're in America, in which case you have to slum it over to Go90. Um, Aaron, you've not been checking it out yet. You're waiting. No, I because it's a series of five-minute th- or so things, I thought I would wait until it was all out before watching it. Just mm-hmm. so I don't have to remember every week, like, oh yeah, there's a th- five minute thing I'm supposed to do. Where was it last time? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's real easy for me because you know what I have to do. I just have to go to YouTube and mm-hmm. watch it on YouTube like a normal person would. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. still really pleased that they just implemented a region lock so they could do that because it's it's like such a sane solution that I would have actually put past the production of Machinima's capabilities right now. Uh, that makes me happy. But TJ, you've been checking it out. Uh-huh. And Aaron, you're okay if we talk about it, right? Yeah. Because uh, as we said in the pre-show, technically if we spoil anything for you, it's going to be from the first 10 minutes of your of your 50-minute thing that you're going to watch in, in a month yep. and a half. Um, and I, I don't I don't mean to keep focusing on anything but the actual content of the show, but what do you guys think about their, this whole, like, five minutes a week thing? Uh... It feels like as soon as we hit a point where there's momentum and I could get into it, it ends. And, and that's really taking me out of it right now. Aaron, do you think you might mm-hmm. you might have been checking it out if it was just a daily drop thing for about a week? I think if it was daily, it'd be a little bit better. Uh, just because then it's just one more thing to do really quick to catch up on. But every week is just a little bit too long for a five minute chunk yeah I've, I've been trying to think if i'm being unreasonable but half the time i talk to people about this and they haven't been keeping up when i tell them yeah it's once a week like they're borderline laughing uh mm-hmm. it's it, it's it's so outdated and then the the thing that i didn't even realize someone brought up because i said like they should be doing the netflix model someone told me well even if they can't do the netflix model like cartoon network is already kind of adapting. They've got this show called Steven Universe, which often drops in 10-minute pieces, and they've got uh, a massive amount of episodes ready to go, and what they've done this summer is basically put up an episode a day almost, if not an episode every couple days, because that makes a lot more sense in a modern uh, sense of keeping people interested, especially for a cartoon, to just drop it as you got it uh, Mm -hmm. and make an event out of it. They make an event out of those episode drops. Um, 
So yeah, I uh, I would implore the web the web series producers of the, of the world look to look to Machinima as the example of just how outdated a weekly drop model has become for this kind of thing. Uh, it's it's doing massive damage to anyone having interest in talking about it. Um, but that aside, uh, TJ, how are you feeling about Combiner Wars so far? Well. It is kind of hard to gauge, you know, being you know, all of ten minutes of content so yeah. far after two weeks. I'm not asking. I'm not asking. Like, I'm going to say it again. I'm not even calling them episodes. Like, I I have trouble thinking of them as episodes. The notion of discussing them episodically, like at, especially two of them in now, like, is, just makes no sense to me. So I'm just thinking, like, his general thoughts on the production, on what you're you're getting so far, while we're in the middle of this this commercial break before the next segment starts. So far. For for the hype and anticipation that was behind this, I'm wondering if it was just like was my anticipation too high for something that was a web series by ser- by a company that doesn't typically do this. I think that we as fans hyped it more than Machinima hyped it. When I think about it, like we were definitely talking about it more than its own press thing was talking about it for the longest time. Very much so. Not to say that excuses stuff. But yeah, I, I'm starting to realize, like, aside from those preludes dropping, there was like almost nothing about the show until the preludes started dropping. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It feels like I, I, I think you mentioned it on Twitter at some point. I, I'm wondering where half the animation frames went. So uh, someone told, mentioned to me because uh, it's true. Like if you watch a lot of modern CG right now, like Voltron on Netflix is a great example. A lot of CG tends to get its frames cut down to try to match the frame rate of the hand-drawn animation. Um, often, I think to a detriment. But with Combiner Wars, I think especially the opening of episode two, um, that didn't feel like a choice. That felt almost like the computer rendering the episode was dying. Like that whole pan around as Starscream is entering the Citadel or whatever. Yeah, it was strange because like Starscream flying around felt just as slow as Starscream descending into the hall. It felt when he when he descended into the hall, it felt choppy. But when he was flying around that cityscape, it felt not like like most of the show feels like it's like 20, 24 frames a second. When mm-hmm. he was flying around that cityscape, it felt like it dropped to like 14 frames a second. Yeah, it, it felt like. My oh my my graphics card can't play this game. Time to upgrade. Yeah, and if this and so immediately my thought was, well, this is a small web series made by Machinima. Like maybe they couldn't afford something something. But then I'm like, no, I keep remembering that. Unless I'm misremembering this, I could swear they kept talking about how they were outsourcing this animation to a, an overseas company, uh, in order to to have it be you know up to par or something. Uh. But it yeah it it just looks like it is made on a fan computer. Uh, in those larger scenes, uh, yeah. Though sometimes I have seen fans make more like smoother animation than that. You, yeah, for sure. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'll, I'll go there a little bit. I've, I've seen fans do it better. I've seen Randall Ng do more impressive um, animation with robot models in, in many regards. Uh, just, just even in just terms of frame rate and rendered production value uh, and lip sync. I'm not sure if there's lip sync happening. No, I've come. I, I've watched it now. I've squinted at it. I do not believe that the lips are trying to. I don't even think there's an algorithm trying to match them to the dialogue. I think they're just going. 
Yeah, I, I think it's a mindset. It's almost like an anime approach where, well, the as long as they start and stop flapping when there's, you know, when the audio starts and stops, it's close enough. I would have even, I think I, would, I think I would have been better with your basic, like, two and a half frames of, of anime lip flap, but on Combiner Wars, there's, like, they aren't just going bop, bop, bop. They're going, like, like, they're making lots of different lip shapes, but there's no rhyme or reason to it, I don't feel. No, no, it's just, it's, like, facial gyration. Yeah, it's, it's, again, a production value and presentation thing that, uh... I think is really the biggest problem with the show because uh, I know people are talking about like I've seen people trying to dissect the the, pr- the portrayal of characters and the themes of the show but like I feel like there's a discussion in there but I'm still feeling like the biggest problem right now is just the presentation of it is is damaging however I can take whatever this thing's trying to tell me because uh, mm-hmm. I mean the, the council scene that they had in episode two I thought was f- fine it wasn't like groundbreaking if it was it, Yes. Yeah, it was fine. It was nice. It, it's it made it made me realize how long it's been since Rodimus got any kind of upgrade to his design. He yeah, he actually kind of sticks out almost how like eighties toy he looks. <laughs> uh, he looks like he did in like the old PS2 Transformer game from Japan. Kinda yeah. It kind of looks like the same model. Yeah, it, it it somehow doesn't look quite the same aesthetically as as the Mistress of Flame or Starscream. Uh, like Starscream, they did a whole bunch of little up- updates to his his look, just little ones that I thought carried really well. Um, although when I say Mistress of Flame, that that's actually something that that I realized when I was watching that there there has actually been zero major exposition so far in this opening ten minutes, and the part when Starscream just calls her Mistress, uh, if this was someone's introduction to the notion of that character, I am curious if people were confused about that or perhaps misunderstood. You know, like I, why why he would call her that? Yeah, I thought in general that scene had some dialogue that didn't quite feel like it fit in. Like, I could I could feel the I could feel the exposition being hammered into a few lines, but not enough. I don't think. Like, I, <laughs> strangely I was, enough, I was hoping that that scene would just be the five minute exposition dump of the council just going over the last five years or something, and and it kind of it started to be and then kind of wasn't. Um, I I, I want to mention by the way I think the voices again so far are, are fine. Um, I took issue. I was one of those that took issue with Menasaur. Oh, I mean, I'm, I mean, in episode in episode two. No, uh, in episode two, the voice. Yeah, the, I'm fine with the casting. Yeah, I I have a problem with Menasaur's lack of effects more so than the voice actually. It, well, just I I didn't get a sense of size or. Pers- like almost even persona from the voice yeah it was just kind of normal and ragey like i i don't i don't think he persona wise i don't think he had enough time to to get anything across. i mean i think you could have well, i mean but <laughs> at the le- at the very least like computron still did his g1 thing yeah um, like i, I kind of liked hearing the word datum again because it made me realize I haven't heard Datum <laughs> since the last time I watched Computron. That was like literally the bone thrown to you Computron fans. Yep. And Here you go. Have some Datum. <laughs> I, I just think that that Menasaur voice, if you, if they had taken the existing voice track, right, doubled it up, took one, lowered the pitch on it a whole bunch, added some rumble and some echo, took the other untouched one, 
took the bottom end off of it so it was mostly just the top end and consonants and infused the two together with a little bit of flange and blending. Like, I think it could have been really effective, but it was such a raw, almost... Like, I could hear a bit of flange on it, but it was doing nothing. And, it, yeah, he... It, it's, I think, the most call-outable voice in the whole thing, which sucks, because I think that it's not the voice actor's fault, really. Um... In general, I don't think that the voice actors really have done anything wrong in the show. Um, no, no, no. Like so far, the voice acting, like in the them, them they themselves, I don't have uh, any issue with right now. Mm-hmm. Like that's all. That's all been fine. You know, yeah. I, I think one thing about a low budget series like this is it does pull like actors and persona and people who don't typically get to work on something that has name value like Transformers. Yeah, like a lot of the actors are YouTube people, Mishinima people, or or people who have worked with Mishinima on web projects and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's from it's from a certain pool of talent. Uh, and and I saw in that behind the scenes thing, it looks like they actually did do like a full group booth reading for the recording, which is great. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, th- this seemed like the kind of thing where they would just get everyone in to record their lines solo and then tell them to get lost. So it's cool that they tried to have that ensemble feel to the recording which I'm sure we'll hopefully hear the fruits of in a couple days, I hope. Uh, but, like, yeah, I'm uh, I'm really hoping that we're hope we're on an up and up at this point. I'd like, I'd like an upswing. I'd like to have something happen that makes me feel excited. That's kind of my statement so far on the opening ten minutes. I would like to get excited about something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, anything else about Combiner Wars you want to drop in? Not especially. I think I'm still with you. It's like, I can see where it's trying to build to something, but I'm, I'm mm. really just waiting out these five minute chunks until it actually hits. I, and I actively really want to, to be into this. There's so much about it that I want to be into. And there are people who worked on it where I want to, I want to send them messages about how much I like the work they did on this. So I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm really like just chewing on my knuckle so far of like, man, I want to, I really want to be a fan of this, but I can't see past a whole lot right now. <laughs> and, uh, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really damaging the experience for me. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Um, Anyway, let's move on. I don't want to leave Aaron out in the cold this long. Uh, you know, just stepping around spoilers like this and all. Uh, Aaron, are we getting you hyped? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just waiting for it to all come out for real. Yeah, you got, I think, six weeks left before that's all done. Yeah. That's that's the part that's also getting me, is I'm like, man, this gives me six six weeks of yeah, every... It, it, just, it just seems like just such a drag out for not necessarily any real reason. Six weeks of every Tuesday, a bunch of people trying to have an animate conversation about something on a message board and on Twitter, and then watching that... Con- like, these the, the conversations about it on social media and on the boards have, like... Like, they flare up. The board ones keep going because it's a message board, but on Twitter, it's like it flares up and then just... It's like dead within 24 hours and people have moved on to talk about something else. Um, so yeah, I hope it picks up. I also hope that you guys have some new pick up pictures for the new pick picks section. Aaron, do you have a, a picture you'd like to talk about? Uh, not really. 
I actually had completely skipped that. I've been stuck on some other stuff this week. No worries. Nothing had incredibly grabbed me. It's a bunch of movie news that's already in our topic list. But yeah, we we got it all lined up like a like a, yeah. a an ammo belt, ready to shoot those bullets of movie hype. <clears throat> I'll I'll pick you something after after TJ goes. I'll find you okay. something good. I'm still scrolling through <laughs> the front something. page trying to figure out what the cutoff for your last episode was. The cutoff is literally the reveal of movie five drift. Okay. So I, I went looking for all the news, and that's. That one, because that's also a massive image on the front page, so it kind of punched me in the face and was like, Hi, I'm Movie Drift. You talked about me and couldn't properly read a letter on my sword last time. Uh, check the thread, by the way, if you want to see what that sword's logo actually was. Uh, TJ, have you got a new picture pick? Uh, sure, we might as well. Um... Uh, something I saw, I guess I didn't take enough to look at it. Maybe I didn't. Um, the R- the R.I.D. Decepticon Island pack came out in Australia. It did? Yeah. I didn't even see that. Word. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Oh, oh, you know why I scrolled past this? I saw the image and thought it was just another Legends multi-pack. Yeah, yeah, because the box is so freaking huge. Yeah, I thought those, I thought those were Legends toys in there when I scrolled past it. Okay. Nope. Nah, that's pretty big. Yeah. Okay, so if you haven't seen it, it's this gigantic box, and all like transformer wise, all it has is in it is the same old R.I.D. Bumblebee and the same old R.I.D. Steeljaw. Mm-hmm. Dear God, because it's a big, you know, big uh, exclusive Toys R Us pack. I hope the elbows work this time. But the big deal to it is that it comes with just a ton of just spare weapons they had molds of lying around. Just, just shot black into them. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, inject some black plastic, slap them in the set, so there's tons of accessories. And what's most interesting to me, what seems to be is it one or it's either like two halves of it's, it's, one or it's one. They package it to look like two, but it's just one split in half. That's what I figured. Yeah, it's a it's a full uh stasis pod. Yeah, I and it looks good. It looks it looks like a really good, like just one to one to the figures stasis pod mm-hmm. what a friggin bummer it's packed with a whole bunch of stuff i don't want yeah <laughs> and god like it's just the weakest toy in the line packed with the most milk toast toy in the line who's had four recolors so far i think i might have misremembered i can't well, remember anymore. you gotta get used out of that mold though yeah a lot of use but at least shoot a different make him pink or something <laughs> I, I like that Bumblebee toy a lot, actually, but I, I have it already three or f- three times I have it now. Uh, yeah, and I'm looking at mine on the shelf right now. This is identical. No, yeah, I, I think that when uh, this was revealed at one of the the last couple weeks of Toy News, it was uh, more or less confirmed that Steeljaw and Bumblebee are just repacks of the single pack ones. Uh, uh, I hate that. Such a bummer, especially because, I mean... <clears throat> Like, Bumblebee, everyone has Bumblebees, and, like, something about not touching Bumblebee feels almost more excusable to me, because they do so many that it's, you can almost even see it as oversight, of, like, I'm sure he looks different, but, like, this is, like, the second time Steeljaw's coming out outside of Japan, and, like, I don't know, unless these are literally coming from unused stock, it's a real bummer to me that Steeljaw's not got anything recolored on him. 
Because mm-hmm. uh, damn, if he needs any reason to for you to want to own him again, like he already is a hard enough toy for me to say you should own once. Right. Uh, right. But that yeah, that stasis pod looks great. <laughs> the big cylinder they come with is cool. Uh, I hate to say it. Sure, it would be nice if someone bought one of those and then just figured out how to just mass produce the stasis pod. Or if it goes on sale, I mean, then you can buy one, give the two figures to charity and keep everything else. Yeah, there's an idea. (laughs) But I I think I think this thing is. uh, Yeah, it's 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 currently retailing in Australia for about 60 US. That's a lot. I mean, it's salty. That's 20 bucks per figure and then 20 bucks for the all the accessories if you really want to try to figure out an equation, I guess. Like, even if you want to, like, they're fit, like, deluxes for R.I.D. are 15 here in the States. So not, you're not, looking not at, everywhere in the States. I've, I know not everywhere in the States, but in general. In general. That's like the low end MSRB. <laughs> magic word. Like, it's, it, it's a hard sell at that price. No, you it's should. It's a hard sell. Nobody should buy it for 60 US dollars. No, no, sale. Wait for sale. But I do like sets like this that come with, like, like accessories in uh, what more accounts to, like, set pieces. Yeah. Like, not just, like, okay, swords and staffs and, okay, that's all cool and all that. It looks cool. He comes, I just noticed he comes with a completely translucent, like, double-sided axe that I didn't see at all because it's completely clear. Oh, I, was, I thought, yeah, I was wondering what was in that space. <laughs> yeah, just, I don't know, whatever. But, like, things like that, like, that makes me think back to things like, like, Stasis Pods and Beast Wars, or, like, uh, the, uh, like, the Protoforms. Mm-hmm. Like, those, those kinds of things, like, things that are, like, important and things you see a lot, but you never get to play with because you never get to make them. And and a lot of those weapons are uh, Decepticon Hunter based weapons, and like there are a couple of those in the show, and you know unpainted or not, it's cool to have extras of those because they're also five millimeter compatible, just neat weapons. Oh yeah, to give to people, and uh, like in Rid, the Stasis Pods, like you know they they are what the Decepticon prisoners are stored in, and it almost kind of works that they're just kind of putting out the one because I, I would have almost said it sucks they're not selling the Stasis Pod with all the weapons on its own because maybe I want one for each Decepticon. It's only recently they even have more than one Decepticon, so mm-hmm. it almost kind of feels okay that there's, you know, most people just end up with the one. Uh, it's 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 precisely the kind of playset piece that a RID play pattern would need, because it's literally the only thing that, it's where you, it's the jail cell that you throw the Decepticons yeah. into. It, it works. Like, like, if they ran a series of these where it's like, okay, you get two characters from the show, and just pack them so that, like, the Decepticon's already in the pod. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. In fact, I had assumed that's how this set was going to be packaged. And I, I'm <laughs> maybe a little disappointed that instead, not only is Steeljaw not in the pod, the pod's been split in half to look like two pods. That's dirty pool. It's probably Kinda. it's probably so that it's not a really thick box. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a really bulbous box to do it that way. It's also dirty pool. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Yeah, I'm glad that's out, uh, and I I can't wait for it to be a lot cheaper. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, Aaron, you got any thoughts on the Stasis Pod? Um, I'm with you. I think it's neat, uh, but definitely not eighty dollars with two 
not e- like yeah, not even repaint toys. Neat. No, it's it's sixty. It's eighty Australian space dollars. <sighs> oh well, sixty dollars still doesn't help at all. That's a whole twenty dollars um, less. That's twenty five percent off what you thought. Yeah. Still, uh, if there were two unique repaints in there, I think that would be a whole lot more uh, exciting. But mm-hmm. as is, no. I was really hoping this would maybe end up being the U.S. release of, uh, oh, what's he called? Dumb Police Steel Jaw with a really dumb name in, in Adventures. Oh, I, I have to look that up now. Here we go. Oh, man, because I remember it was it was a really funny name. Yeah, here's that really decent looking figure, actually. Phantom Jaw. That's what he's when he's in police colors. Phantom oh. Jaw. Like, you'd figure that you'd keep the, the steel part of the name and then put, like, Steel Phantom or something, but nah, it's Phantom Jaw. Uh, anyway. Aaron, if you don't have a new picture pick, I have one for you. Um, man, really the only thing I've come across is uh, Voyager and Deluxe Wave 2 sightings starting to get out there, including, like, the whole reason I was going to go to Kokomo Toys is because they had the Wave 2 Deluxes. Oh, there. But it was like twenty dollars was what I was told, and twenty dollars was a little bit salty for deluxes. But I thought maybe I'll get one. I'm uh, hold me over till it gets out everywhere, and then I'm, dri- thankfully- I'm dripping green at everyone who has like in hand shots of those Wave Two deluxes already. Because yeah. like with Wave Two, you're done with the original seven, and like all these people yep. showing the lineup. I'm like, oh, that's just. And, and, like, it's not even 2017 yet, and you can already just have the real meat of what you want out of this line. That and I had, like, three ape faces in hand for you, but you never replied, so... What you, well, I mean, what are you going to do? Throw it over here? Like... I had somebody going to Detroit. That's still so not... That's, pr- so pretty close. She <laughs> crosses the border relatively frequently. <laughs> throw it again? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing about... Like, I'd, I'd like to get ape face, but especially with, like, a Titan Master, the moment that I'm... The moment, like, shipping gets involved... Like, I also, I had no idea yeah. that you were well, actually... Well, yeah, for for something that size, yes. All I saw on my Twitter when I looked at it was, like, a photo of you holding one. So I was like, mm-hmm. is he just mocking me? Is he... <laughs> no, I was not just <laughs> mocking you. I'm I'm not saying that that wasn't see... a, an additional benefit of that photo. I didn't but... see the offer part, so I was like, is he just taking pictures of toys I don't have that he already has when he sees them in stores? Is this like a new dynamic? Like I'm okay with it in a way. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, Ape Face has been seen around town. I just I, I haven't come across one yet. But we're starting to have uh, Titans Return saturation in in Toronto. We actually have the Wave mm-hmm. Two Legends everywhere right now in Toronto, apparently, which is weird. Yeah, I never saw Wave One locally. I I still haven't seen. It like, was just suddenly Wave Two. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, out of wave two, like the only one I think I really want is rumble. Uh, after wave one of Titans return, I'm, I'm really wanting to try to, I'd like to try to wait and see how things turn out more and not rush to get stuff, Mm -hmm. but you know how that always turns out. Um, Aaron, I I still have this new picture pick for you. I was, what I was going to do was just get you to tell me how much you like it and see how much you could pull from this. Okay. So I just want your positive impressions only on uh, our new pictures of the Platinum Edition Rise of Rodimus Prime set. You're evil. 
You said positive opinions? Positive opinions that you have. That And you're not allowed to say the fact that you don't have to buy a platinum set. That's not... That's a backhanded positive opinion. It comes in a box with artwork. Alright, that's one. You got another one? No. Alright. You sure? Yeah. Okay. That's, and all I can say is artwork. I cannot speak to the quality of the artwork. I have one more positive. I think the colors and paintwork on these two toys looks really good and better than anything they've ever received before their, in their previous releases. They have very nice colors. I could, I could say that for one of those two. I, which one? Galvatron. What's wrong with the Rodimus colors? The paint, man. He's got two tones of red that shouldn't be two tones of red like that. So I Because one of them's painted and one of them's plastic, because that's that's a friggin' the I even forget the name of the damn line. The Titaniums. Um, titaniums <laughs> that, uh, man, those were like potential in those toys, and maybe two of them actually followed through. So I didn't know what you were talking about because I had actually scrolled straight past the vehicle mode pictures. And, mm -hmm. I, and I just didn't look at Rodimus's robot mode for more than a few seconds before I was staring at Galvatron's. Yeah. So I actually just And yet didn't... you still stated a positive opinion about the color scheme? Yeah, because I saw and one then, immediately. Like, and, and the model is, doesn't Gal... It's been a while since I've handled this Galvatron. This is the, if nobody at home wants to go and burn out their eyeballs, this is the uh, Generations Galvatron that was rumored to supposed to have been a uh, Voyager, but then downsized it, to a deluxe. It was, it was the Universe 2 Galvatron that right. was going to be an Ultra class, but they or had ultra. like movie brawls around, so they didn't want to make another big right. tank. So he became a deluxe complete with a bunch of random legs that could spout out of him for a mode that was only half there. Yeah, they right. were designing a third turret mode. And then by the time they realized or decided that there was no way it would work on the deluxe budget, the toy had been too far down the design pipeline. It would have actually cost more money to remove all of those pieces of engineering right. uh, as, as the story goes. But then in the standard photographer fund, they don't even have his turret transformed correctly. Yeah, actually, I just noticed that. That's really <laughs> great. Yeah, they, they just left his turret in robot mode configuration. So mm -hmm. no no that way it looks more sci-fi. No wait, I'm not supposed to say anything negative. I'm sorry. Let me let's yeah, let's no, uh, undo positive. the last two or three positive, minutes. It looks more sci-fi this way. What an improvement. Sure. <laughs> sure. He looks like a sci-fi an SF tank. And it's the we I, no I can't say bad. I can't I <laughs> His whole tank mode is gray, but he has really strong purple revealed in his robot mode. You're literally sure. saying the same thing we said about the original toy. Yep. He's the first posable G1 Galvatron in many years. That's the exact same as the last one. Except for the one that just came out. This one has and, more and head articulation. And I, okay. I think this one has a better looking head than the Titans one. Because right. he, his crown isn't floating in front of his face. Uh, sure. Um, also, as a 2009 Universe 2 toy, he probably ha has more mass and weight than your average modern deluxe. Okay. 
more parts count as well. Yes. These are words that are truthful. Yep. And Galvatron is the rival of Rodimus Prime, so it's really good that they boxed him together with Rodimus Prime. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to acknowledge that one. I, I put a lot of work into that last yes. one. Yes. Don't leave me hanging there. These are all factually true statements. You know what I really like about the set? Mm-hmm. I like how they have packed these things in robot modes with a little flip-up cover that shows how they looked in 1986, a.k.a. nothing like how the toys actually look yeah. in the box just below the artwork. It showcases how much they've improved upon the 1986 designs to give us these modern and more stylish robot modes. While the characters can still convert into recognizable alt modes, like how classic Galvatron always turned into a cannon. As this one does. There's a cannon, and it's on treads. So it's a smart update to the G1 original. Become and a politician. Need I remind you both, this also includes a die-cast matrix of leadership. Very thematic to the 86 movie. And as a comment in the thread states, the box art is entirely truthful because neither one of them is capable of holding it. Exactly. How often do you get accuracy like that in, in box art? You know, we've it's a more honest Transformers that we're enjoying nowadays. Uh, let's stop talking about the box set forever now. Yes, thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I have my own new picture pick. I can breathe again. All right. Uh, it's not really a picture. It's just that I want to talk about it very briefly because I recently had my interest in it massively raised up. Did you guys know? Did anyone tell you that it was recently the 30th anniversary of the 86 Transformers movie? Yes. Perhaps family Inc or friends saw, incessantly. saw a blog yeah. post somewhere on a, on a tech blog God. where someone said, do you remember the Transformers? If only, if only there was a box set of toys to remind me of that anniversary, but it's, it's too bad there just isn't. Actually, there is. It's a five-pack, in, in, including... It's a six-pack, including memorable movie character... Uh, I almost called him Ambium Nexus. That's not his name. His name's Minim <laughs> Ambium Nexus. <laughs> Minimus Ambus. Look, he sleeps great. Uh, anyway, the Blu-ray is out, and... I felt really bad about how much I didn't care, but I recently saw a featurette Shout Factory put up where they had a very, they had a color scientist talking very excitedly about all the work done on the restoration, showing some side-by-sides, and that is the first thing that has, that, that turned me around, and I actually want that Blu-ray now, because seeing the, you know, the, the, the overlay of, like, here's the old version, here's the theatrical, and here's our new 4K transfer, like, it is a gorgeous new transfer. Um, I, I've seen it kind of deconstructed into they made the movie darker. Uh, it is often a little bit darker in hue, but the amounts of detail showing uh, and and the crispness is beyond what I was expecting for a re-release of, of TFTM. Uh, my favorite part was actually they showed the part when you see the X-ray scan of Megatron while Unicron's like, you know, mushing him into Leonard Nimoy. Mm -hmm. And uh, the glow on all those pink lines is, is now less uh, bleedy 
and you can see a lot more line work detail in there than on the theatrical. And I'm not sure if this was already stuff that was made revisible in like the old uh, the Rhino re-releases or something. Then I'm just forgetting about it. But I, I I thought it was kind of impressive. Like they they said many times in the featurette they are pulling detail out that the old theatrical print was not capable of showing on a projector back in '86. And uh, and that I, I thought that was neat. It made me a lot more interested in this. They also like to to make sure that Hot Rod was the right color in their version of the movie. They went to the to the point of getting old painted cells from the film to color match his very specific, you know, like not quite red, not quite pink. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they 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 put a, a massive amount of work into it, and I thought that was really cool. So I actually want to pick up the Blu-ray now. Uh. Because, yeah, that, that 30th anniversary day, man, that I, I was kind of in a bad mood that day. So I felt I felt double bad that I'm like, man, everyone's like, it's the 30th anniversary of the movie that changed my life. And I'm like, before its 20th anniversary, I watched it enough times to actually ruin it for me now when I watch it because I've seen it too much. Like, I just I can't sit down and enjoy Transformers the movie. And I've gone past that point. Like, I, when I watch it, I'm either repeating it in my head or I'm just like peeling it apart. Because right. that's all that I've got left now. Uh, it's like what was that? There was uh, there were two or three of those VHS tapes that I had as a kid. Yeah, that got the heck worn out of them. That I could start watching it, walk away, do something else, come back and know what the line was at that point. Yeah, <laughs> I ran down. I think two VHSs into mud, like where the qual- visual quality was just mud. It was all kind of like mm-hmm. dark and mushy and bleedy everywhere. Yep. And uh, I still really enjoy a lot of parts. Like, I really enjoy the parts when, like, Nelson Shin, the, the director, got to be a lunatic. Like, basically any of the Unicron scenes where mm-hmm. you can just see, like, that entire budget just blowing out through the ceiling because Nelson Shin wants what he wants. Uh, so th- there's still a lot of quality in that film I do enjoy. But, like, the idea of just, I'm going to sit down and watch Transformers the movie. Like, just it, it does not make sense to me in my mind anymore because i'm like well why can i why would i do that when i can just remember the entire film and play it back in my head uh but i didn't i didn't go on i tried to avoid going on social media to drop all of my nasty old person snark everywhere uh because yeah it's fun to watch people who haven't ruined it for themselves who are like oh man i'm gonna rewatch transformers the movie today and like having all those memories and and i tried i tried to contribute i was talking about i think how seeing that piece of the Japanese dub kind of revitalized the film for me because of all the weird things the dub did differently, uh, which I think I talked about on here, uh, but if you haven't heard, like, the Japanese dub adds anime reactionary noises everywhere, so there's a whole lot more like, huh? And, like, when people die in, like, the shuttle scene, all of the actors let out a huge, long anime death yell, especially Prowl. Like, Prowl's voice actor is yelling for the entirety of the part when they have the big close-up on his face. It's pretty good. There's part of me that feels that's actually less creepy than just watching his eyes go black and smoke pour out of his mouth. It's a lot silently. less creepy. It's a yeah. lot less creepy. Yeah. Because instead, he's going, Gah! like, all the way until he hits the ground. And, like, on one hand, I'm like, oh, so that means he was actually boiling from the inside out. But then on the other hand, it's like, yeah, it's it's not like you just watched him turn into a corpse while standing. Uh, man, what an edgy movie that was, wasn't it? I, I have a lot of 
there are a lot of blog posts I can cite that talk about how edgy that film was. Oh, yeah. Two uh, whole curse words. Man, I recently had a, a comment on a video where someone was talking about how they don't make toys good anymore, uh, as you do. And mm. But they linked to this blog thing, on or this article, sorry, on Kotaku that I'd forgotten about. But do you remember back when the Age of Extinction Lion was just getting revealed, like a couple years ago, but the communication went wrong, so all of the non-hardcores, and even a lot of actual fandom people, thought for a second that the one-step changers were the whole line? I do you remember that so, like yeah. that like two mm-hmm. week period of like what's going on? So this was a Kotaku article from the depth of that period by I think Mike Fahey. Uh The article title is "Transformers are crap now," which you know speaks to the the motivations behind such an article with uh, an attention grabber of a headline like that. But then it was just a bunch of pictures of like the non collector Age of Extinction toys. Going like, they don't even hide the robot parts anymore, not like in G1. And I'm looking at it going like, oh man, I for- I've- I had until just now forgotten about that really weird, very short period. Uh, and so it kind of gave me a little two-year nostalgia. Like I just remember like it was the, the-, the giant one-step Optimus, the one where you plunger him down to turn him into robot mode. Uh, like you pick up the truck and just put it down and the robot's on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And like people thought that was the Optimus Prime toy for the line, uh, for at least a little while. Like, ah, nostalgia. I'm stalling because our next topic is <laughs> we have six new robot mode reveals for Transformers Five: The Last Night, and I would like to go through them in the order from top to bottom that I have listed them uh, in our topic list. So first up, we have a reveal of Squeaks, which. I thought was going to spell it differently than the usual spelling of Squeaks, but they managed to still spell it differently than I thought the different way was going to be they were going to spell it. Because they kept the Q, but then added a W, and also removed the A. Uh, he's three foot six. His entire personal history is he's a human's best friend, and his entire personality is that he's a small frame and comma big heart. Uh... I'm mostly bummed out that he does not seem to actually have the two little feet that I thought he had when they showed the prop. Uh, he instead has just approximations of legs because there are two things sticking out the bottom and one of them is a wheel. Um, so we've talked a lot about Squeaks. Anything fresh to you, Aaron, upon seeing this this front back of him? A Vespa has two wheels. Instead he has a wheel and a peg leg. Where's Oh, the other wheel is his crotch. Or the fender but is, anyway. But right? it's not, yeah, the fender is, but his, I mean, if the wheel was there, it would be out his back, but his back is the seat, and I... Listen, what if the wheel actually broke up into about 500 separate components that all interjointedly squished together and flattened out? Why do we have the movie news? Uh, TJ, have you got anything <laughs> fresh on this reveal of Squeaks? I didn't know they were doing a remake of Batteries Not Included. Moving on, we've got a reveal of Crosshairs introduced in the last film. Uh, happy to see that he's uh, he's in this one as well. Oh, you know what I forgot about with Squeaks? I forgot the most important thing. When they tweeted him, uh, the, the social media page said, we wouldn't underestimate him. Now you've got all the news. Uh, when they revealed Crosshairs, they said, he's got your back, but you won't hear the end of it, which sounds like a tech spec quote. Uh... Crosshairs looks, to me, identical to how he did in the last film. Um, he's 18 feet tall. His h- entire personal history is he's an Autobot when it counts. 
His whole personality is the lone sniper. Uh, the main thing I like about this image reveal is there are two things. He still has his great dumb robot trench coat. He's also chewing on a tiny toothpick and has a butt chin. I don't think he had a butt chin in the last film, so this is a massive improvement on the character design. Uh, Aaron, do you have any new thoughts on Crosshairs now that you see what he's going to look like? And uh, TJ, do you have any fresh thoughts on Crosshairs? Why does he have a five o'clock shadow? I think he had that in the last film, so it's there for accuracy. Wait, so I'm sitting here looking at his robot mode. Does he have, like, a watch chain? I just noticed that. But attached to oh, his arm? That's new. I guess they're 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 making him more steampunk than he was in the last one. Because the last one, it looked like they wanted him to be steampunk, and then he had no steampunk qualities. But now, they yeah, they've given him all the more... All the extra... The Leonardo da Vinci goggles. And, mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, a watch chain. And a toothpick, which is a classic steampunk accessory. I think those are his tail lights on the inside of his trench coat as well. Why does the robot that doesn't need anything carrying a toothpick? Well, and listen, why does he have a trench coat that's he, made of himself? He has a trench coat because he's bringing the hate, and he's chewing on a toothpick because sometimes you get stressed, and a common stress relief is to chew on something. Oh, his headlights also seem to be up on his shoulders. And I think, do I, nope, I don't see any wheels. I thought I did for a second. Never mind. Uh, moving on. We also have the reveal of Hound. Uh, he looks like he did in the last film, except somebody photoshopped a bunch of red cross symbols onto him, which doesn't really make any sense because he's not Ratchet and he has nothing in common with Ratchet at and all. he's made of bullets. His entire character has nothing to do, well, let's see, um... He is 24 feet tall. His personal history is that he's a boisterous Autobot commando. And his new personality, updated for this film, is always has his finger on a trigger. So he still has nothing to do with Ratchet. Okay. That's, that's also not a personality. No, it is. My personality is hand on computer right now. Uh, let's be serious for a second, okay? I'm going to drop this little act of mine for just a moment here. Autobots this, apparently have an oral fixation. This looks terrible. I like Hound in, in movie four. Just putting a bunch of white circles with red crosses in them on him makes him look terrible. It makes him look like a bad custom toy. It makes him look like a Photoshop joke where there's no actual punchline. This looks like stupid. That third repaint. This This looks like a stupid idea, whatever it is they're trying to do here. I know the movie doesn't tend to have stupid ideas, but let me be serious for a second. It's a stupid idea. It's just someone at Hasbro knocking on knocking on Paramount's door. Going, Look, um, we got in trouble with the Red Cross for putting little crosses on our toys, so we can't do that anymore. So try not to do that, can you? Sure. So, someone's just like I half hate a dozen. I do you know the truth behind the Red Cross fundraisers and where all you should be giving your money to someone else? I'm putting those Red Crosses all over Hound. Uh, I want to stop talking about Hound. He makes me sad. He actually makes me sad looking at that picture. I'm going to talk about the one that makes me happy. Did you guys see Barricade? Saw Barricade. He's yep. back. He's, he's back, baby. His entire personal history is exactly what it should be. To punish and enslave. That's all that matters. 
Uh, personality, duplicitous Decepticon Sentry. I'm, I have a feeling that they are, they accidentally used duplicitous in the right way in this case, because he's a bad police car. Um, I like a whole lot about this design. I like that he's got serve and protect as, like, inverse printed knuckle dusters, so when he punches you, it leaves the words on your face. Uh, and he's got punish and enslave as elbow pads, so when he drops an elbow onto your back, he leaves those words backwards on you. So I guess he drops his elbow on you so hard they come out through the front of your chest or something. Uh, so now he's become sorts of brawler. He's got well. He's also got well, six, that or the rock. He's got six guns on one arm. He's got a pistol sidearm and a holster and a nightstick on his. Belt. And it looks like some sort of taser style cartridge things on the back of his other arm. Yeah, I I really like this design as a barricade. I think that they they have gone really good places to continue the theme that they should have kept through all the movies of the evil cop car Decepticon. Uh, the mm -hmm. only part where I'm bummed out is his head design where they, uh, I mean, people have said it, they made his head look more like Bumblebee. Uh, but to me, the bigger crime is they removed those four huge spires off his head that were kind of his entire facial identity. Was You know, the, the kind of upsticking tower spires on his face and his head design. They're all gone. So he kind of doesn't look like Barricade anymore. He looks like a, another guy dressed up like Barricade. But I when like I Barricade saw, a lot. So. When I mm -hmm. saw the design, I didn't see the name at first. So at, just for a bit, my head went, oh, Prowl's in the movie now. That would be a pretty cool movie, Prowl. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but yeah, the, the head really damages the delivery on this one. I mean, in the movie, I probably won't even get a good look at his face most of the time. So, you know, whatever. I do like a lot of the rest of this guy. Like, I even like how much car makes up his body compared to how much techno-organic musculature makes up his body. Mm -hmm. um, it's not perfect, but it's more than usual. Um, like, there is something about just, like, the way they keep designing these characters with very humanistic aspects that mm -hmm. kind of still gets on my nerves a little bit. Oh yeah, you know, like ha like hound with a big beard that a robot has no reason to have. Well, you know, crosshairs, toothpick. Let's, or, leave, now, let's leave the beard alone for a second. If we're gonna start going on beards, we're gonna get into a dark path. Okay, okay, well, okay, we got alpha trions and all that in the past. So um, let's. Mm -hmm. I'll hold off on the beards. I'll hold off on the beards. I don't understand why our resident bad cop here still feels need to carry what is essentially the exact accoutrements that a police officer would have right down to what seems to be a badge in robot mode on his chest listen he he's since everyone forgot he existed for most of this thing he's he's just kind of he's filled that hole in his life with with role play okay so he he spent a lot more time on his costume yeah you've been to conventions you've seen cosplayers they spend a lot of time on the details that some people won't even notice who lives in his chest now uh that's a spoiler so uh thank you but i'm not going to be saying that right now go see the film uh releases summer next year like like movie one he did his own thing he was kind of taking Soundwave's place a little bit he was doing the spying he had a minion in his chest okay fine i get i get with that and now he's just kind of reverted to the way that a lot of the other movie characters have been where it's just really into his own gimmick 
It's I, almost I think like there's room for him to do the spying thing still. There, oh, of course there is because he's still a police car. But it almost feels very like it almost feels like '80s pro wrestling, but where it's like, are you saying like, that as a bad thing? Okay, I'm saying that as an observational <laughs> thing you can take however you want. Okay. But it is very, like, you look at the character designs we got for this movie, and it's very much, this is who this guy is. You know, it's like the Mountie or the Big Boss Man. Is like I, I was about to say, if you're going to tell me it's bad that he makes me think of the Big Boss Man, I, would have a, I wouldn't have a violent argument about it, but I would disagree. Because <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to defend that to a certain point, but to me it's an enhancement. Uh... I was going to say, I think he has room to be the sound wave of this film because uh, now that he's back, it turns out while he was gone, they killed off everyone else. So he can fulfill a whole lot of roles in this movie. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm back. Where's everyone? <laughs> hey, they shot me in half, but it's, it's and everyone forgot about me again. So I, I just crawled away. It was really weird. They, <laughs> they just ignored me while I crawled out of Chicago with no legs. But it's been a couple years. I'm back, everyone. Where's anyone... Who are you? And this Megatron's like, ah, Barricade, you're back, my old minion. And he's like, oh, you're the only one who's around. All right. Well, at least you... <laughs> well, he finds him when he's still Galvatron. And he's like, Megatron. No, Galvatron. But you look like Megatron. Okay. Yeah, he's like, you Fair know enough. what? That's an excellent point. And Galvatron is, that's my stripper name that the humans gave me. Why am I holding on to that? Ah, I am Megatron again. And he starts <laughs> sounding like Hugo Weaving all of a sudden. Uh, Aaron... How do you feel about the movie Barricade? I really like him, um, except for with the caveat, like you said, of his head. His head looks a little bit too, like, motorcycle helmet um, kind of bad guy, like, kind of like generic bad guy. It's it's also got the Bumblebee triple mohawk on the helmet yeah. design, which is, I wasn't, I was thinking everyone was getting, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? People were getting broad strokes and lazy when they said he has Bumblebee's head, but when I looked at it closer, I was like, oh no, he yeah, actually has the top of Bumblebee's head. Right. <laughs> um, I, d I do like that it's more car. You know, you can definitely tell, not just with police, but, you know, the backs of his calves our tail are the tail lights and exhaust, and there are enough other calls to being a car on him than some of the other, you know, um, movie style transformers. Mm. That that definitely does feel better. Um, I feel like I could almost even see how he would turn into a car when I look at him. Yeah, yeah which is becoming yeah. rare for the movie designs. Yeah, so I I can dig it. Um, not quite sure about the punish and slave protect serve. Um, I'm going to stamp this into you as I'm attacking you thing, but it's if it's something that ends up as part of the like characterization a little bit of him, where he he goes in for the brawling now, then okay maybe. Well, let's um, let's not get carried away here. Like there, there's right. a, there's a, a good chance that a those knuckle things may not even be in the film, and also you're saying his characterization. There's a good chance he may not have one. So mm -hmm. you know, don't 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 start don't start aiming for for the sun there, young Icarus. You yeah. Keep it calm. Those those wax wings will melt. Uh. I really want to see what his deluxe toy looks like. I think that he, especially if he gets a little bit more toyetic, meaning that he has to have the whole car on him somewhere, mm -hmm. that could be a huge improvement, and that could make for a really neat toy, especially because if it's a toy, hey, I could just pull his head off and stick a different one on if it fits. 
and then I'll, I'll be all good. I just grab, like, Dark of the Moon Barricade's head and stick it in there. Uh, Dark of the Moon Barricade, by the way, a very underrated deluxe figure. I think it was Dark of the Moon. <laughs> <laughs> the, whatever the one after 07 was, very underrated Barricade. Um, Alright, so that, that was the high point for me. Let's move on, continue down the road here. This one actually was... I didn't mind this. Uh, we got a reveal of Megatron, who wants everything, is what they said uh, when they tweeted him. Uh, he's 30 feet tall. His history is, is he's ruthless Decepticon oppressor. His personality is peace through tyranny. I am starting to get the feeling that personality, someone was like, all right, we're not even doing this. Just put the text spec quote there. We'll be good. Well, on, bar on Barricade, the two were backwards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this Megatron, um, now we can finally see what all the Tusk stuff was about. It's actually an opening faceplate thing. Uh, he also has the same silhouette as Age of Extinction Optimus, right down to very similarly shaped front skirts, uh, a Mass Effect thing on his arm, and a sword. Uh, he actually looks a lot like Age of Extinction Optimus, and when, and then he has a, he has a faceplate that opens. Uh, it's not going to happen, but the sheer amount of Optimus Prime in this design has me going, hey, if you guys want to make me real happy, make the twist that this is actually just Optimus from the last movie. That would explain the name change and everything. It's not going to happen, but otherwise, I'm actually astounded at how they just gave him Optimus Prime's silhouette for the most part and then put shoulder pads on it. Uh, I'm, I'm confused by that a lot. Uh, there's also... There, there's no color on him. Uh, and I thought that we were getting back to him having some color in the last movie, so that's a bit of a disappointment. Um, and, and of course people have mentioned that if you squint, he looks a lot like Ultron in a number of ways. Uh, and he also has the Bumblebee triple mohawk on the top of his head, so I guess that's just a thing now. Um, DJ, how are you feeling about movie Megatron? It's kind of strange, because I look at him and... Part of me thinks it's the kind of design he should have had in the first movie. Because of every Megatron we've gotten in the movies so far, you know, sticking, you know, we have an Optimus who sticks relatively close to what Optimus Prime is supposed to look like, movie style, but, you know, until the last movie, the windows are in the right spot and the smokestacks are on his back, his head looks correct. Mm. This feels like the counterpoint. This feels like. Well, let's kind of movie-fy up G1 Megatron, you know? And he's got this bucket head going on, he's got an arm cannon, and he's mostly silver. I just wish the arm cannon wasn't movie for Optimus's arm cannon shield. <laughs> like, it looks yeah. so much like him. <laughs> that part is a little bit strange, yeah. Uh, besides that, maybe it's just, like, the general... Uh, like the general knight aesthetic tone, he looks like a boss I would fight in Elder Scrolls. He looks like, yeah, he's got that kind of Dark Souls, like, current fantasy game appearance to him. Um, Tell that he's using that sword with the axe blade on the end, which, after just finishing the game, reminds me of Doom. Which, if you haven't finished the game, notice I'm not saying why, it just does. Yeah, I... I told people, I'm going to wait for Doom to go on sale. And they were like, it was just on summer sale. So I had to say, well, I'm going to wait until it goes on sale again. Because uh, I didn't want to play that. 
It is worth it. Um, Aaron, how do you feel about Movie 5 Megatron? All I see is Ultron. I actually... you. My Skype dropped the packet of the thing you said okay. about him. So, I, I was okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll say it again. Then all I see is Ultron. Okay, between the face tusk things, the all silver, the kind of profile, um, it's Ultron with an arm cannon and a sword. Like just for the listeners at home, literally, what I heard on my end was Aaron pause and went, "All I see is." And then I heard the, mm. so I said, well, hopefully he'll say something else so I don't have to ask him what it was. But then, it was, then I didn't. It was a, it was a clear statement. So uh, yeah. behind the scenes, Skype is a jerk. Uh, yeah, the I feel like I feel like the Ultron parallel is more probably coincidental for the most part, only because of how much he looks like the last Optimus model. Like, I feel like that's the yeah. more likely intentional well, copy. Well, like, the, the skirt issues. I'm talking about, like, the inset headshot. Which, yeah, while okay, it's neat yeah. that it, when you really look at it, like, the the big view is, like, with the tusk thing pulled back. Because you can see the tusk thing. And then, like, the panels behind it look like they pull back and rotate in order to make it so that his mouth is clear. But then when you have the inset of the head and it's just, like, the same tusk hole yeah. you're seeing through the side of his mouth thing and on top of being all silver and he does I mean Ultron would stand like most camera shots low up so you have that sense of height and broad chested broad shouldered type of stance I think it's I think you're a whole that, lot of parallels yeah I think I think as far as the head design because the head is the one thing that isn't pulling from Age of Extinction Optimus that is most probably yeah. at least informed somewhat by Ultron uh because, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the body, to me, says less Ultron than the head, but then again, the head is usually the most defining part of a character design, um, as far as its identity. Uh, I wonder if they're going to even have him turn into a thing in this movie, <laughs> or are they just going to not? Like, just whatever. <laughs> well, we got an Optimus who looks like he's just wearing night armor, and he still turns into a truck. Yeah, and I mean, Megatron is... If he's, if they're going to remember, he's made of transformium, so he could technically turn into whatever he wants. He could turn into a giant My Little Pony, if you if you want to get that product placement in there. I don't think they remember he was Galvatron in the last movie, let alone transformium. Probably. Like, I'm ready for them to have forgotten most of the last movie. But, yeah, that I, those, those are the little things that, that I carry into when I see one of these, where I'm like, I wonder if they'll remember. That's kind of become my movie mantra now, after the second one. Uh, you can you can always answer that no they won't sometimes they surprise me with the little things like in the last movie that, when, that's when they they purely used, an accident they used the lead foot model and showed him in archive footage getting killed and then they had john goodman go like oh lead foot and it's like oh they remember his name hooray that made me happy anyway uh we have one more movie designed to be revealed here uh this is a fresh one uh, did you okay? Bumblebee has a fresh new design. According to the front page article, he has more car on him than in the last movie, and I think he does. He's a little bit less. He's got less curvy spinal parts and more just car chunk on his upper body. Uh, he's eighteen feet tall. His entire personal history is that he's the second in command. 
And his personality is loyal guardian and scout. They actually got the personality on that one for once. Uh, he still got the more freaky looking wasp mask from the last movie, which I'm kind of happy about. Because uh, that's basically also the stinger face. Um, otherwise, if it wasn't for them mentioning it on the front page, I would have said, what was the point of this reveal? But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what whoever it is that does all the movie Bumblebee toys does in this next line to see how he keeps it interesting for himself. Uh, Aaron, any thoughts on this Bumblebee? Um, I, I guess I too can kind of see that there's more car looking parts, but I'm not even sure if it's car looking parts or just yellow sheet metal. Yeah. Like it's not, there's, I, I mean, he still pecs. has his, the, the, the pecs are, he still, are yeah, the, the, the pecs look like headlights and angle of front quarter panel, the door wings, which he had last time too. The kind of car part maybe looking stuff on his shoulders, but so much of the rest of it is just yellow parts and mechanical greebly bits. Yeah. Um, TJ, as a big time fan of the legacy of Movie Bumblebee, how do you feel about his newest design? It's his old design. Is it? It is like straight up the 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 Bumblebee from the first three movies. But that, that mask is new. Well, the mask is from Age of Extinction. Yeah. But everything, like, the body's type for Bumblebee in Age of Extinction was everything is sharp and everything is far more pointy and there's a lot more black showing and you can't really tell that his chest is actually, like, the front of a car anymore. Yeah. See, so now, now, it's a new design because it's a fusion of elements from the last two. No, no, it's straight up the old one. No, no, it's a fusion it's, of elements because the, it's, the mask is different. 5%. It's <laughs> yeah. 5% of fusion. Listen, Other than that, that's enough. He just, he just went and found his old body and crawled back into it. Last time I looked, 95% wasn't 100%. I... Here's, I okay, also, here's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that our one actual disagreement is over Bumblebee of all things. <laughs> I, may, I might actually not care, and I might just be playing this up because I think it's funny, but I'm not sure. Here's the thing. I will admit this. All right. It's gone back to the old design. It's clearly closer to the original design than it is the last one. I like that. Hey! I like the carryover in the character, and I like that silhouette, like, especially when movie four was all about, let's change up everyone's look. Let's, there are no surviving Autobots, there's a whole new cast, Optimus Prime looks like a knight now, Bumblebee looks like this, like, cyber ninja from Mortal Kombat. He looks like Stinger, basically. (laughs) He looks like Stinger, basically. Now, like, this is kind of where, like, you know, you kind of want Barricade's head to still have that silhouette to it, to has that recognizable thing to him. This is them kind of, this for me is like adding the recognition back to Bumblebee. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I kind of, I kind of like that, you know, and it doesn't make it feel as uh, cheaty, like, like movie for Bumblebee was very cheaty and that I couldn't really tell where his car went he just kind of mushed into this robot shape so i can i I can now uh, i can say like in the blurb for this podcast in this episode tj reveals his love for live action movie bumblebee okay let's not get carried away listen 30 percent is really close to 50 percent which is like halfway to 100 percent. so why don't we just make it 100 percent 
I found the champion for Transformers 5, Bumblebee. You're, I think you're getting carried away. I think you're horrible at math and you need to reteach yourself. I think you're uh, getting carried away. I think you're getting carried away. Not you are. I am just positing that you are perhaps getting carried away. I, 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 could, I could go back to complaining about him. When you moved 30%, I go like, I, when, number one, when you arbitrarily just gave me a 30% like on this robot and then moved it to 100 in two steps. Did I say 30? No, I, I said 30. You said 30. <laughs> I just gave you 30%. You forced 30% onto me. Yeah, one third. It's, good, it's a good look. You know? That's not a third. Just under one third. It's a good, listen, a third is an infinite decimal point. For all those of you who don't know, one third is actually 33.3 with a dash over it, which means an infinite, endless number of decimal three. Uh, I just call it 30. And then that extra 10%, that's dessert. All right? Um... I want to mention. I want. I want to complain that his history being second in command. No one mentions it's because no one else is alive. Yeah, everyone's dead. That's why he's second in command <laughs> by default. Uh, he's like 18th in line. He's just moved his way up. I'm not complaining about that. I, I think it's just really funny. Um, I was hoping that they would also put in personality codependent on human we don't talk about anymore. Um, <laughs> The only other bit of movie stuff I want to mention before we move away from it is recently representatives from all the major fan sites actually got invited onto the set of Transformers 5 uh, for some kind of informational session that I believe no one was allowed to talk about. And they were able to take rides in Optimus and take photos of all the cars. So that's kind of cool. That that level of fan outreach, as far as I recall, is... Uh, this is the first time the live-action movie franchise has done anything even remotely like that kind of outreach. Uh, so that's neat. Um, unf unfortunately, there's nothing f from it that I feel very interested in discussing, but I'm really happy for everybody who got to be on a film set of that magnitude and, and who got to see all that stuff firsthand. Like, that's really cool. Uh, reminds me of how cool it was to have that, that back at Bacon 09, like that, that Revenge of the Fallen advance reveal and look at stuff and and getting uh, the little talk from Michael Bay, uh, that was that was neat to to see in person. Um, so I felt I felt it was worth mentioning that. Did you guys know anyone who went? Mm-mm. All right, I got know one or two people who went, but I I didn't want to pester them about it because <laughs> I I figure that if they went and I started asking them questions, it would just go down the road of I can't talk about that, and it was loud, and I, I don't want to I don't want to try to strip info from them what i was hoping is they were going to say like it's weird they actually had a car that halfway physically transformed to work more prop action into the films and then for a second i could have sworn i saw a headline that mentioned something like that but then i woke up and i was like oh what a weird dream <laughs> um let's do a listener question i have one here from the vacuuminator this is timely because we're recording on Morphicon weekend. Uh, he says, greetings to the WTFTF crew, be you even or odd. With Power Morphicon 5 being only a month away as of me writing this and me listening to the podcast at the same time, came to the realization it got me wondering, what are some of your favorite tokusatsu robot toys, be they from Super Sentai or any other franchise? Personally, I have a great fondness for the Tokuger DX line of a few years ago as it's one of the only times mecha and roleplay lines have been fully linked in Super Sentai, though there are plenty of other really fun ones that don't bother with that. Um, uh, anyway, thanks for taking the time to answer my question. As always, keep up the great work. Rider Click. For those who don't know, Tokuger was basically a line of nothing but trains, uh, which stuck to that aesthetic 
uh, to a fault, but also like it was to such a fault that it kind of winged back around into something I kind of thought looked neat. I never actually owned any of them, but I, you know, I kept looking to see like, are they just going to keep piling trains sideways on each other? And they did. Um, Aaron. Yes. I know you've messed with Tokusatsu robot toys because I used to send mini plot kits to you all the time. Yes, I've actually kind of missed getting a bunch of mini plockets. I was thinking about that just about a week ago when I was walking out to the post office, like to ship something. I was like, "Man, I used to always ship Aaron mini plockets," mm-hmm. and then I stopped buying them because I haven't built them for like three years, and the, that's three years of mini plots sitting in a in a box. So I, I, I kind of stopped. Um, but Aaron, uh, it doesn't have to be mini plot. But like, what's your favorite Tokusatsu robot toys? Um, of the stuff I've handled. It's been Tokuger. Um, I have some of Tokuger uh, that's basically the, the Tokyo O and then the um, Diesel O. I never got like the build stuff after that and definitely not the giant thing, but like train station deal. Hmm. Um, but all of that I had fun with. Um, I've not gotten a whole lot of the other uh, Super Sentai toys and i've been out of the writer stuff for a long time all right just so you... because i have to draw lines and if i don't watch it i don't think about it so i don't want to buy the toys you're just you're just high-fiving vacuuminator on tokyudra mm-hmm. you should try to track down those those build ones because i think that before the big train station they do all just pile on each other sideways and it kind of gets impressive yeah i've i've seen it so then like build becomes platform shoes yeah and i and I'll take the train platform pun as it stands, but, um... I get it! Trains arrive on platforms! You just cut out something fierce, so... Oh, great. I'm not going to tell you what I said. You can find out, uh, (laughs) later on in the episode. That makes it even better, because that was already a long, uncomfortable silence. Uh... But, uh, it's... All things that I've enjoyed, um, but and, and they all tend to generally play well in one form or another. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd have any that I flat out say you must get one. Well, they're all so gimmick oriented that it's it's I, I find it hard to say just with Toku toys in general. Like this is good because it's, it's usually mm-hmm. now so rooted in a gimmick. It's only when mm-hmm. I think a gimmick itself is so worth note, like the Lockseed gimmick or Gaia Memories. That's when I would probably d- drop a recommendation straight up. Mm-hmm. Uh, TJ, I think you sometimes buy Toku toys. Do you have any favorite Tokusatsu robot toys? Uh, I do, because I do still get the occasional DX Tokusatsu thing here and there. Mm. Um, out of the ones I've messed with, like, and putting nostalgia aside, because there's the period of childhood where i just had to have every megazord you know back when the megazords were this japanese toy yeah um i think the favorite one i had was the bokenger group i someday i really want to pick up that whole line it's such a fun line so if you've never looked into it um it was kind of like the midpoint between uh Kind of like the perfect blend between everything still goes together really solid, like big chunk parts for arms and legs. But it was their first time going, well, let's just make all the ro- let's make all of the mechs turn into one big robot. 
mm-hmm. you know you know instead you know in the future series where kind of people just they just kind of like cobble together or break down into a lot of parts and just stick on to each other until all the parts are used this was kind of the genesis of that so it was all still very solid and very smooth and they do this neat little tricks where you've got uh Daiboken, the main one with five mechs, and then you add all four mechs to make Super Daiboken. You look at him, and he's a lot more solid, but he doesn't look any bigger. Mm. Like, I've got Mm -hmm. nine toys in this guy now, and somehow he still comes together in a way that it's not gigantic. Like, I don't mean that to be, like, a bad thing. I mean, just, like, just the way they are actually being used is a really clever you know usage of parts i i loved the aesthetic of bokenger because uh, I, I know that that was actually for folks who didn't like it that often ended up being the thing that made them not like it was they're like oh, i don't like the way it looks it's too it's too much just vehicles smacked together but to me like that was kind of the draw mm-hmm. that and like Boken being like vaguely posable in the legs and then the the fully combined one where it literally has like a red ranger helmet for a head yeah, uh, I love that combination because it's it, uh, you kind of put it like that's all of the every single vehicle just smacking together, not getting taller, just getting thicker. Yeah. And then it, it just looks like an ass kicker like I, and that, that's that's basically what I want to get is like that that full combination that uh, the Japanese versions. That's kind of yeah. one of my bucket list things. The the like the Voyager or whatever, like looks fine, but it's so irrelevant to that particular combination. The oh, ultimate yeah. Daiboken, that's what it was called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that thing. Yeah, and it, just the play pa- the play value of it. Yeah. Because okay, you're, you're not just dealing with, like, your Megazord. You got four other vehicles that can become an arm, you know, and super them up that way. Then everyone combines onto each other, and then everyone combines again for ultimate Daiboken. Or if you want, the Jet for ultimate Daiboken forms a body, and then all of them can start forming onto him too so you got two robots i always really liked the jet body like like basically the ancillary vehicle robot he looked yeah. just like this really weird almost machine robo style like <laughs> utility robot yeah this die tank in and it's it's a little bit it's it's a little bit weird just really weird the, he's really it's, weird it's weird he's mm-hmm. weird his he's a his entire center mass is completely made of curves, and then everything sticking onto him is made of hard angles. Like it looks messed up, but it's kind of cool. <laughs> he's even got like this, like his head design is all messed up and like recessed into his torso. But as yeah. he, he looks like this this just utility robot in a way I kind of like. Like so that's yeah one of my bucket lists is just the ultimate Daiboken set, like the jet, the four add-ons, and then the Daiboken, uh, the Japanese versions. Someday I want to pick those up. Uh, speaking for myself, um, my quickest answer with, uh, the least amount of thought is, uh, the Candroids. I thought that those were, I still think the Candroids are fantastic from Kamen Rider O's. It's basically Mm -hmm. a bunch of little robot animals that all turn into a soda can of the same dimensions. Uh, really cool stuff. I also, and this is cheating a little bit because it's such a high-end and singular piece, I really like the Akiba Ranger car, uh, because I was like Chogokin Figart's crossover piece. Um, the, the Itasher Robo, uh, that thing was just cool because it's ridiculous, insane, and probably shouldn't have been made, but they did it and it works. It's really cool. It's like a fig art scale, really dumb car that turns into a robot that the three Occupy Rangers can all like still sit in and pilot and stuff. 
like the fig arts of them can do so. Uh, it's a great toy. I really like it. Uh, I have one more listener question for us that's less Morphicon relevant. It comes from Switchblade. It says, Dear Time Ghosts of Hand Feel. Switchblade here with a couple toy questions inspired by some recent purchases. Uh, was that a sharp, a sharp inhalation I heard somewhere? Time Ghosts of Hand Feel. Uh, I should mention, Time Ghost is one word, not two words. And Hand Feel is one word, not two words. Uh, Switchblade, do you write that how you feel? Don't let him browbeat you. Switchblade then goes on to say, I got my hands on Titan's Return Skull Cruncher a couple weeks back, and I have absolutely fallen in love with this guy, especially after fixing it so he doesn't topple backwards at the hips when trying to stand. There is not a single thing I don't absolutely adore about this figure, from the colors to the sculpting to the engineering. I really wasn't expecting to like this guy nearly as much as I do, but at this point, he's probably my favorite Transformers purchase, and I don't even know how long. So I'm curious, do you guys have any similar toys that unexpectedly captured your heart recently and or memorably? I have got three right off the top of my head. So I'll save them. Um, Aaron, is there a, a Transformers figure? If, if not, then any figure, I guess. But just that unexpectedly just like clicked with you so hard. Man, all the Titan Master heads. Mm-hmm. Just those single pack things. I thought that the weapon vehicle sled whatever thing was going to be so dumb. Why don't they just pack it as a head? He put him in little friggin dollar things would be so much easier i gotta buy this extra crap and i think of the eight there's only the um like the gray the white gray uh red autobot um oh uh siren basically yeah loudmouth that's loudmouth that's the only one that i've kind of felt meh on all the others have been so strong hmm um, the I like the the little T Rex one because it's cool because of the Titan Master when you use the dinosaur you use the Titan Master's arms to make the dinosaur arms and that's cool and they all integrate well and they all do things significantly in this little tiny package and it's just great amazing um all the deluxes that the the four deluxes that I have they're all just great in their own ways skull cruncher especially after making him not horrible isn't isn't bad at all um but the two autobots are so great um i've really enjoyed it it's something that goes back um and takes just changing from one thing to another but making the whole experience part of the play pattern i think a whole lot better Mm -hmm. so yeah like everything out of titan's return i had I had Fort Max played out as a city for a little bit, and I had everybody on top of him using all the little points to have the the Titan Master standing on him, looking like he was like they were all listening to a speech or something. <laughs> it was it was fun and a, and a thing that you could do that wasn't just like oh it goes from one to the other. Okay, whatever. I'm loving seeing all of the adult collectors who are getting Fort Max and then actually using them as a playset and going like I didn't think I wanted this. Hmm. Uh, but you know, but I do. Uh, TJ, what about you? What the, what's a like a transformer that has like just unexpectedly clicked with you very hard? Hmm. I I want to say I've given answers similar to this before because my go-to is uh, Energon Sharkticon, mm-hmm. which I've talked about more than once on the podcast. So I will I will go with an alternate selection of Cybertron Evac. 
Where? I always mix up his name because I bought him from Galaxy Force, but he's the helicopter, right? Yeah, live convoy. Right, okay, yeah. Yeah. All right, same page. I'm not even sure what it is about that toy. I love just, like, the general shape of the helicopter because every, like, almost every helicopter toy in Transformers I'd played with before then went for the attack copter, which is so much easier. Mm. You know, we can have big missile racks hanging off of it and really sharp, hard angles, but... Like, here's this rescue chopper, you know, which I hadn't seen since, like, the old Protectabots. And it's, uh, everything is round and smooth in the vehicle mode, and it's fairly solid all the way around. Like, there's no real, like, exposure of the robot. Yeah, like, and, and he's he's not got, like, those two big blocks that then get dressed up on, on the copter mode that you often see. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, that's where the arms went. Right. You know, or vice versa. Yeah, and the transformation scheme I've always just been a I've been a really big fan of. Like there's just I'm not even sure why. It's just there's something about his engineering that just hits me in all the right ways for well, a figure. It's a very dynamic transformation that's built to feel like a a climax when you do the head reveal. Mm-hmm. And like and even the thing where it's like you know his his legs come down and his arms kind of it, they kind of naturally open in a way. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's part of the reason why, like, if it wasn't so expensive, I really want to pick up from the Tobots line in Korea, Tobot Adventure Y, uh, is the one and only figure in that line full of original designs. That is just a much larger, thicker Megazord style Cybertron evac, like literally the same transformation. Wow. But a much bigger, thicker toy, like full of ratchet joints. I kind of want it. That's why, like, that toy bums me out because otherwise, like, it's it, that toy is almost like a blemish on Tobot's record. But I also kind of I like that transformation a lot, so I want to see what it's. I want to feel what it's like on that scale. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Evac's a solid choice. Um, I, I have three I can immediately drop because they end up being my staff picks on TFW, and this is part of the reason why is that I don't expect the sheer amount of joy I get out of them. Uh, Legend Shockwave from from Combiner Wars, Deluxe Orion Packs from that first wave of comic pack-in Generations toys, and Voyager Beast Hunter uh, Optimus Prime with the sword and and all the whatnot and the jetpack. Uh, that Beast Hunter Prime, I, I guess, would be the best example, but Orion Packs as well was like... I didn't expect to fall in love with that toy nearly as hard as I did. I still think that's one of the best Transformers released in years. Uh, same thing with Voyager Beast Hunter Optimus. Uh, that is a fantastic figure with uh, excellent modes, wonderful, wonderful uh, personality in the posability. Um, super good toys that I didn't expect anything from. They were like the ones I was going to open before the ones I was excited for. And then, you know... I end up spending like half an hour with those figures and going like, all right, the rest of the wave mess around with them. Yeah, those are cool, I guess. Anyway, back to these ones. Um, so those, those would be those would be ones for me. Uh, it's a it's a really cool phenomena, I think. It's one of the the most base joys you can still get after, out of toy collecting, even if you've been toy collecting, you know, uh, actively and and on purpose for like decades. It's just those moments of like, I didn't think this was gonna be so fun. Um, so I, I love I love thinking about that kind of question. Uh, Switchblade's other question is, 
I also got a DX9 Mitron, their their Legend Scale Warren Pocket Megatron figure, and my reaction was definitely not the same. I'm finding myself in a more bizarre love-hate relationship with this toy, and, most confusingly, I tend to love and hate the same things about it. If you haven't had the chance to experience him, he has an incredibly complex transformation that frequently runs into clearance issues, especially around the arms. Everything works in the end, but I kind of hate transforming him because of how frustrating the physics of it can be. At the same time, though, I really love transforming him because of how creative and effective the transformation is so again do you guys have any similar experiences any toys that seem to straddle that line between deeply satisfying and frustratingly complicated in a way that's simultaneously pleasing and maddening thanks in advance for your answers uh aaron have you got one where it's like you love it but it, it makes you hate it while you love it the one that rapidly came to mind actually uh is another one of those small ones and the um the iron factory um Oh, um, Blitzwing? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he has just a couple of moves that you have to make on him that feel not great. Is it the ankles? Because I could talk for it, days the, about this freaking ankle the, post. <laughs> the ankles, when I change him, I actually have my pliers uh, on my multi-tool that I'll take like my shirt, wrap it around that, put the pliers on it so I can hold it, and then twist the leg. Because the way that that has to move just is not conducive to anything. We got to get you some shock oil um, for that. And it's, yeah. And uh, there's just a couple of points when, like, you you clip his wing things around his arms when you have them tucked in. It just, I don't think I'm going to break anything, but it just kind of, there. there's a couple of points where it's a little bit interference fit, and that's not fun. Mm-hmm. I, I hear you on that figure. I, I I think that figure, I end up once I put some sho shock oil into that figure to basically loosen some of those mushroom peg swivels. I ended up liking him more. Mm -hmm. uh, but out of the box, that little guy is is a terror. Um, their their black shadow is actually the complete opposite. I really like their black shadow because uh, he transforms more than you think he's going to, and he doesn't have any of like God. Those ankle post swivels on that little blitzwing are the worst thing, like. That's where I just want to shake the guy who designed that and go like, "Listen, buddy, what did I do to you? All right? You need mm -hmm. you want me to grab a foot on a ball joint and then try to rotate the peg the ball joint is on? Who who are you? Are you Satan? Is this purgatory? Could be. Um, TJ, what about you? What's a transforming toy that rides the line where you love it but you also hate it? Um, so, uh, easy answer. Mm -hmm. but very true answer uh, Revenge of the Fallen Optimus yeah that's a solid answer I will fully admit the engineering on that toy is amazing like when I saw the first movie Leader Prime and it was like well I guess that's the best they could do you know it's a really complicated design I can't expect them to get that close to it then one movie later, they produce that leader figure, and the and the, the engineering to get it to look movie accurate is absolutely phenomenal. And not even like there, there's not even a whole lot left over on that toy either, which is what else impressed me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we've had story on the podcast. That's an unpleasant toy to goof with. 
Well, it's like that, if you mess with it a whole lot and then you start messing with it the day after when it's fresh in your head, it's like that's the that's the sweet spot. So it's like, no, I know how this works. There he's a truck. But then you leave him alone for a couple of years. And you come oh, back. Yeah. yeah. Like if I got mine out now, I just no. I, 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 I can't even try. This 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 isn't a trans no no, this is an action figure. Mm. Truck mm-hmm. no no. it doesn't have a truck mode. What are you talking about? And it's like if you want a really cool truck mode, just go get the RPM Optimus Prime because he's a really cool truck, and you push a button and he goes, and then a bunch of guns grow out of him. Yeah, and it's like a great mask toy. And I love that RPM Optimus. <laughs> I got that for like twenty bucks, I think, and it was the best. Just pushing the button over and over again. Yeah, I can re- I can remember going into like some like super discount chain gets all of walmart's leftovers and like there was like a whole pile of rpms and i kind of wish i got just dumped them all in the car Wait, and left did i mix the names up it wasn't rpm what were those ones where it was oh no uh stealth force stealth force sorry yeah, yeah. i was gonna say like, rpm that was the diecast figures yeah yeah stealth force is what i'm thinking of yeah the vehicles with the the auto transform like battle modes those were such good mask toys they they made the case for future yeah. mask toys yeah yes <laughs> I kept waiting for that Prime to be painted purple for some reason. Man, and then, like, the... So Prime was the electronic one. The small ones were, like, the Flip Changer ones. But then there was that middle price point where they worked, like, the really cool Starcom toys with that particular kind of motor. Yeah. Uh, man, I love that. That was such a good line. Um, anyway, for, for me, I was going to say... Uh, given that this question is kind of based a lot on complication, like right now there isn't a lot of mainline stuff that I think will you'll hit that with because mainline has gotten so you know through through both budget and just focuses it kind of has moved away from that kind of complication. Um, that like a lot of it will right now in recent memory be third party stuff. Uh, it's actually why with a lot of unofficial Transformers pieces I've gotten a lot. My like my focus on them has changed a lot more towards do I enjoy the process of of messing with them as opposed to do they look exactly like the cartoon or something like that like that's way less important to me if transforming them is uh is not fun or if it's what i would call the functional transformation because there there's an audience for it where it's like i just want the two modes to look good and i don't care how much of a fight it is to get between those two modes and that results in some amazing stuff that like i don't want to engage with more than like once a, a, a week or two um, but I'm trying to think now of one that really rides the line because usually the ones I end up liking they they don't end up riding that line very much like they don't they they deliver a visual I'm cool with and like the complicated transformations done in a way that I'm I'm okay with. Uh, I guess like Bad Cube's Warpath is the closest. I recently transformed that toy after a couple months not messing with it and I did it without instructions and it was kind of tricky. And it's like if it wasn't for the one really dumb part on Bad Cube's Warpath with the multi-swiveling, ratcheted internal shoulder joints that also slide up and down on pegs. That's the one part of that figure where I'm just like, for God's sake! Because the rest of it is, like, complicated, but not impossibly so, because everything only really moves in, like, two, one or two axes. But those shoulders move in, like, three different spots on two and a half axes. Uh, it's just the, the, the shoulders on Bad Cube's Warpath that, like make me just go like why are you and then like you get through it and it's like oh the rest of this is so satisfying again and it's such a cool transformation but then the shoulder it's also because of all the parts on him to be complicated it's almost unbelievable that the shoulders are the complicated part given what else that toy is doing uh 
So I guess that's my my quickest answer. Um, but yeah, like like I I have a real focus now of like like I think complicated works if it's in chunks. That's always been my thing of late. Like a complicated transformation works as long as it's it's when you have most of the toy half transformed and have to leave it that way to start working on the next part. That's what I think pushes it a bit too far. Like, but if it's complicated, but I'm like finishing an arm, finishing the other arm, then finishing another piece and the parts floating around are finished pieces rather than half finished pieces. Uh, that, that's the kind of complicated I think really works nowadays. Um, anyway, hope that that satisfactorily answered your listener question. Do either of you guys need to take a break or should we roll right into what we got this week? I'm good to roll. Yeah. Then let's roll into what we got this week. I have got Transformers this week. Aaron, have you got Transformers this week? Negative. Uh, TJ, have you got Transformers this week? Uh, I have but a one that I forgot to mention quite a while ago. Oh, okay. What was it? Uh, so is the uh, the two pack Rimlock and Minicon? Oh, like yeah, the the not Scout but not Deluxe two pack. Yeah, the armor pack. Man, I okay. I really like those, but I like have been resisting buying any of them past that discount sideswipe. Because I'm like, I just don't want to start the cast over again. But yeah. that little strong arm looks so good. But, yeah. <laughs> I would dig the strong arm if the armor was a different color. The Japanese like, I one. Like, I saw the, they're both in blue, though, which just kind of blends into her too much. The Japanese one has more, like, without the armor, like, more paint that I think helps the armor a bit more. Because there's more blue on her, basically, uh, underneath the armor. But I didn't look at. The, I also I didn't look at the armor for very long because I was just like that looks like a good little strong arm and she's got a little shark man who looks like an idiot and I kind of like him. <laughs> uh, but how's the Grimlock? Uh, the Grimlock's actually really nice. Like aside from this, it the engineering on gets a little bit weird in one spot, but beyond that, uh, transforms better than the deluxe does. Sweet. Which, uh, not, not a difficult thing. And uh, good news. Uh, ball joints aren't going to self-destruct, or the elbows aren't going to self-destruct because they're ball jointed. So. Hooray! That's good. I, I did the whole thing where I went in and did all the weird, like, halfways, I don't know what I'm doing surgery on my deluxe Grimlock. <laughs> and then I think I forgot to do it on the Japanese one, so I don't know if that one's just going to explode one day when I'm finally filming it. Leave it in. I just... will. Oh, I will. Good. I live for that! <laughs> Just holding the toy in front of the camera. Please self-destruct. Just moving the elbow back and forth over and over again. (laughs) I want blood. Uh... No, to say to say what needs to be said about the minicon, it's a goofy little Bakugan looking thing like all the others in that line. So it's a ball one. It's a ball one. Because strong arm has one that actually turns into a weapon. Well, they cut. They changed it up where it's like, okay, so. Wave one and two are these Autobots in super-powered Energon armor going after one Minicon. Yeah. Slight overkill, I feel. Especially when the ball Minicons unfortunately suck, for the most part. (laughs) This one has, like, a neat little auto gimmick where you pull the sides out and it springs out for the legs underneath. Oh, so that one has a spring. Man, okay, because the one oh, I had. Okay, it's okay. I should say. I should say it's not spring loaded. It's all geared. Okay, because yeah, the the one I had, whatever came with sideswipe, I just found so disappointing. 
in the context of what I wanted out of a ball that turns into a robot. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, I really like the weapon thing that they've moved it into. It's just, I never see the weapon ones. I always see in mini cons. I'm like, oh, the weapon ones. And it's just balls and bullets and discs. And I'm like, well, damn it. No, those, no, uh, they just moved to weapons in wave three. Ah, there you go. No, but, uh, the Grimlock toy is cool. I love the armor. It's the big, doofy, giant Energon T-Rex head armor. Yes. Which, uh, Looks hilarious in the beast mode. Like, still functional in the robot mode. That was cool. Mm-hmm. And then you get armor that kind of gives them more of a Age of Extinction Grimlock silhouette. Oh, that's cool. got the t- oh yeah. He has, yeah, because he's got the upper T-Rex heads for shoulder pads. He's got big spikes on his helmet. That sounds cool. It's a fun play pattern. Like, I don't often pick those figures up, but when I do, I'm not really disappointed in them. Like, I, I liked the sideswipe a lot. And yeah. I, I've heard he's kind of not even like that impressive compared to some of the other ones. So. Yeah. Uh, I don't have many of them. I need to get, uh, Bumblebee I don't have, and I need to get Strong Arm whenever she finally shows up around here. I know some people are starting to find her locally now. Uh, so she's starting to pop up out there. And the Japanese one, I think, came out a week or two ago. So the you have options. The only reason I haven't pounced on that figure is I still think Deluxe Strongarm's really good. Yeah. So I'm like, I think that this new one also looks really good. But I don't... But then I keep going, like, I should stop thinking about it in complete sets and just go like, hey, I like Strongarm. I just want to get the good Strongarm toy. So right. I'm, I'm hemming and hawing. Um, That's cool. I, I, I think those are, much like the Warrior toys for a while, those are really overlookable, but... You know, overlookable toys that have some solid stuff in them. Um, but that's it for your what you got? Uh, for my on topic, yeah. Alrighty. Well, I got two Transformers. While I'm waiting for the Titans Return stuff to come in hand, I got review copies of two of the Japanese versions. So that's my first experience in hand with these guys. I got Japanese Skullcruncher and Galvatron. Uh, Japanese Skullcruncher, leg report. The hip ball joints, are they're not like super tight, but they're not super loose. Uh, his right thigh swivel is great. His left thigh swivel is comical. Uh, I need to film the clip where I hold him by his uh, left foot and then spin the toy around like, like a, like a top underneath the thigh swivel. Uh, it's pathetic. I have no idea what's up with that guy's materials, but yeah, it's a mess. Um, I haven't had the issue of him eating the head off of his headmaster, so that doesn't seem to be a problem on mine on the Japanese one that I got. Uh, all the rubbery plastic is still there. It's just clear now, and there's some paint on the cockpit panel. That cockpit panel is a jerk, because whenever I think I have it sit- seated, like, all nice and flush and smooth and lined up, it then bends up out of that position. So I have to, like, mash it into the cockpit so it's sitting kind of under the lip of the cockpit, and it doesn't nah. look as good to me. Um, Skull Cruncher's fine. Like, I think that... The only problem I have with him is that there's no, like, really good integrated thing to do with his tail in robot mode. You have to remove it for transformation. You can, like, and he can hold it as a gun and it's fine. But I was kind of hoping I could sling it on his back somehow, but it sticks out just too far uh, when you plug it into the croc head. And putting it on his shoulder, it also kind of sticks out just too far because of the length of the peg. So that thing kind of bums me out. Um, I like the hidden seat inside of it. So you can, like, flip it over when you use it as a gun and have it as, like, a piloted gun. 
he's a decent enough figure. I like the the Japanese face sculpt on him. Um, it looks a bit like the the toy head sculpt for Skull Cruncher is just a little too weird for me. Like I'll see when I get mine in hand, the North American version. But uh, I like the Japanese one a lot. Um, I really like the colors on him. I think they're for the most part the same, except for the like the Japanese one has really bright white for the white parts. Um, and Batra, the little uh, partner thing, is is fun. Uh, it's in the right colors. It looks cool. Like it's it's the Crash Bash vehicle thing. Um, it's a great little package. It just bums me out when I look at it and remember like, oh right, with current exchange, this is like nearly fifty Canadian dollars, and uh, and that sucks because at the end of the day, it is just a deluxe with a we- an extra weapon. But if I if you forget about the cost of it, like, and you look at the 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 delivery in America, I think the price is maybe a little bit more palatable. But with the Canadian exchange rate, it's just it's really hard to tell someone to go for the Japanese versions, uh, even with right. our deluxes being 20 bucks right now. Because the having seen some side-by-sides, at least on this first wave, the paint changes seem fairly minimal for the most part. Um, and I just feel weird that the the partner vehicle is, is adding such extra cost for what is mostly a novelty. It's, it's not really adding a lot. And I feel like no one would mind if those partner vehicles weren't included with the main anime character headmasters. So I don't know. It's it's, it's a hard equation because it, it looks so nice as a set, but the the price on it is like it's about just shy of a thousand yen more than what feels comfortable. So I mean, of course, you can get things on discount all over the place. So you know, in the long run, who knows how it'll play out? But I like Skull Cruncher. I don't think I like Galvatron. Uh. Even knowing all the stuff going in, I like a lot about him, but it's the two really obvious, constantly yelled about things that I'm sick of hearing people complain about that actually I find are very ruinous to the figure. Uh, the cannon placement, I had, I just, I guess, had had glazed over this. It's not so much the cannon placement, it's the way that it completely nullifies the elbow beneath it uh, That is that is horrendous. And there's, nothing, there's no way around it other than leaving the cannon off. And, like... Man, that crown gimmick sucks. Like it, yeah. it doesn't even it doesn't even look good. Like if you're not looking at him dead on, spatial awareness ruins it. And on the Japanese one, they have like extra purple painted pieces that match the crown color. Doesn't do a thing because the crown is floating in front of his face. It sucks. Uh, and on on my copy anyway, if I just leave the crown stored away and I just put the headmaster in, it doesn't grip the head. It grips the head tight enough to be kind of like, oh, I don't want to yank on this too much. But then the the headmaster head, the little head inside the socket, sometimes jimmies around a little bit and then ends up getting crooked. And stuff gets, it just starts feeling risky in there. Um, I like the transformation. I like the alt modes. I like the body from like the neck down and with the cannon off. But there's so much about it that feels like self-defeating that like... I really want to like it, but I, I, I just kept looking at it, kept messing with it. And I'm like, I like a whole lot of this until I finish putting him in robot mode. And then I just start getting annoyed. Uh, I need to see what he's like, you know, with the the fan made, you know, the, the, the extra part to put the cannon on the side of his arm. See if that helps at all. See what he looks like when you get like a crown to put on the head or a replacement head whenever those start coming out. It starts crossing into the realm of, like, how much money do I want to spend extra on this figure to make him something I like? But there are these qualities in him that I kind of like. But, like, a stock Galvatron, unless the American version, when I get him, 
Like, if that, if maybe that will change my perspective a bit, but the Japanese one, uh, felt very unsatisfactory, especially just for the price, the size of the box, the, the presentation of it. I was just expecting so much more. Um, and I, and I was expecting so much more, even knowing a lot of his faults going in. Uh, he was just a, a very astonishingly underwhelming experience. Um, so I'm, I'm unfortunately, I'm not going to be on Team Galvatron for this one. Like, there's, there's, there will be a point to which I will say I don't think it's the worst toy ever made, and I don't think it shouldn't have been made, but I just don't have a lot of nice stuff to say about it. Or at least I don't have a lot of nice stuff to say that doesn't immediately get tempered by, like, one or two crits per nice thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, like, it, even with you guys telling me about it, it's astonishing to see the crown gimmick in action and to see just how much it's doing to to a detriment like right it's mind-blowing it's it's something that feels like it had a great idea in there yeah and then just the execution stumbled like there's a magnet in the head of the headmaster and that thing pops off and sticks to it yeah wouldn't that be cool except for there's no way we can do that so we're gonna do something kind of like that sort of and th- does anything fire off that spring or is it just i open the door and it, it comes out it's you open that door and the mask sits against it against that door when i first opened the chest door the mask didn't deploy it just sat there and i was like am i supposed really? to push something and then it deployed, Mine's... and then it never locked again. So I'm like, I guess I had Mold Flash or something in there. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, for a second I was like, did I just break a gimmick, or was it not working right the first time? Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, like, man, and then there's like there's a built-in swivel, but every part of the armature prevents the swivel from being useful. Mm-hmm. And there's even more, like, the swivel has a groove cut for it that goes wider then the armature allows it to move. So I'm like, where did the in where in communication did this break down? How much of this was the factory thickening parts that they weren't supposed to? Or you know, like it makes you ask a whole bunch of questions that you probably shouldn't even be asking as a user of the thing. Uh but yeah, man, what a what a buzzkill of a figure after Skull Cruncher. Um He's also the Japanese version is in that that really funny, like super, super bright lilac that Takara Tomi tends to do Galvatron in. And it has mm-hmm. it has a whole lot of paint, which is nice. Um, it, if anything, it, it it hopefully will give me ideas or maybe even parts to swap onto the the American one if I end up Frankensteining the two, which I might not. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah. And then it, it, I kept remembering like because I used to think like, well, I mean, it's not like this helmet gimmick is just a thing they're doing, but it's like no, that's a thing they're doing on the leaders. Galvatron probably should never have had it because he's a Voyager. And then it's like, oh, but the heads all have to just turn into a head, and it's like the yeah. Except Blur and Scourge have a thing that deploy out to give their head more of a unique silhouette. So that's not even it. Yeah, around all all around the conversation of that thing, every every justification I can think of gets cut down by my own response to my own thing I'm saying. Enough about Galvatron, though. Uh, unless you guys still want to keep talking about him, I don't know. We could just talk about Galvatron every week for like a year. What a no, disappointment. Um, Aaron, did you get any off-topic stuff this week? Um, I did get a little bit of off-topic. Did you? Um, I got some No Man's Sky. How are you liking that? I've been seeing... that's a, That's been a, a wonderfully divisive game as far as feedback. I'm actually really happy about that. Because <laughs> uh, it so should I'm playing be. It, I'm playing it on PC. So oh, dear. I, I only got to start playing it on Friday. I've not had any issues with it. 
What? So what was I've up had... with the PC? Because I, I know that when the PC version came out, it was basically like something was busted on launch. I, th- I think what uh, part of the issue is is that I think that maybe their recommended specs or their like minimum specs were like, man, it'll I guess it'll run at that. <laughs> OK. Specs. Um, I'm well past it with my new PC and I've had a couple of hitch issues but nothing major. Yeah. Uh, I'm still in my first system uh, because I've not had a lot of opportunity to play, but I probably still have like three or four hours into it already. Um, I've, I've enjoyed the game so far. Mm-hmm. It's like a little bit Minecrafty, a little bit rebel galaxy. Um, then it's a whole lot of like, what is going on? I have no idea, but it's kind of fun in that way. Yeah, the, the impression I always had of it was that it was going to be uh, a very pretty, very fancy uh, survival game with a lot of the more hardcore survival stuff taken out for the sake of being a more pleasant experience. And like, okay. that's that's not like I and I know that that's not necessarily for me. So I, I mm-hmm. probably wasn't going to pick it up at launch. I still want to mess with it because I like flight sim stuff in space. But right. Uh, it's been incredible watching. And, and then retuning in, because I'm not super deep into gaming conversation, but then, like, tuning back in to hear about just how much people were, like, were building up parts of that game that, like, literally probably never even were going to exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and that's the thing, is I've seen a whole lot of people with get, like, oh, why isn't it, like, X or Y? And I'm like, man, they didn't, I mean, they never really sold it like that. Yeah. I mean, maybe on the outside, the whole, like, being able to to find each other... And then it maybe didn't work, but they also did it on the first day when I guess there were other, like, issues going on that could have potentially been problems. So maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I I always felt like the dev level conversation about that game was never so much misleading as it was just like, well, we're still working on it. We don't want to say a whole lot. We just want to say what's there. I do feel like perhaps the, the publisher marketing on it started to get a little bit ridiculous just in terms of the tone of how it was talking about the game. Like they kind of lean too much into into parts of the hype that I felt like we're going to end up being disappointing once you got there. Right. But I've been I've been really enjoying how because because the game ended up coming out under the veneer. It was going to be the next big thing. And so that meant people who I think really aren't going to click with the kind of game it is ended up picking it up and then not clicking with it at all. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's that's kind of what had to happen. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's one of those things, again, that may have been a little bit of victim of hype. Oh, so Where, much! Like, I mean, you saw you saw the 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 insane people in the Reddit for that game, right? Right. Yeah, like, and it's just something that's like, man, I I think it'll be fun, but I don't <laughs> think it's going to be the the next coming of a savior. Yeah, like like I went the first thing I did when that game came out is I just went to YouTube and I was like, I want to know how this game treats black holes because I know they're in it, and certainly mm-hmm. someone will have found one. And I saw how it treats black holes, and I was like, I was hoping that was going to be cooler, but whatever. The way it treats black holes makes sense for the game. I just I wanted it to be freakier. But I've uh, not come across any of that yet, and really I have been keeping myself low profile on anything. Yeah. Well, that's um, that's the other thing. Is when I, I, saw, I I don't want to know what's going on. Uh, how to shortcut this? How to shortcut that? I, I saw um, people who went like, well, I beat the game in 30 hours and I feel kind of disappointed. And I was like, again, yeah. you could and, probably. And I could, 
I could see how with one of these things you could find a way to massively shortcut something. Yeah. And man, I, you know, that's always doing a disservice to yourself of just like, I want to get to the very end of this game that's all about just exploring and wandering around. I, th- I think that once I think the game has also ended up being a victim of its price because like that that bracket of game often comes with a narrative. Mm-hmm. And so I think even if it's only hints of a narrative, people go in expecting like, well, if I'm getting bored of this, I can just like speed my way to the end of the narrative and see what the story was. And so I, a whole lot of I, I felt I felt like a lot of criticisms launched that game were valid, but also ones like there were ones that i i wouldn't disagree with but also ones i wouldn't want out of it knowing what i know mm-hmm. about it but so it's like i can't blame anyone who is disappointed with it for a whole lot of the reasons i've seen because it's like yeah if you if you wanted something out of this and you didn't get it and you were presented with the notion it could be in there like yeah you're gonna be disappointed um but it's been, it's been fun watching everyone talking about it I'm glad you're enjoying it. And I'm glad you have the PC version and it works. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, what else? Um, I've gotten lately. Kind of, kind of ordered a bunch of dice. I heard something about you which, and dice. Yeah. So at um, so went to Gen Con and I I did get some game stuff at Gen Con, but nothing that I've played yet. So it's I got a stack of games. Okay, whatever. Um, so was at Chessex's booth with Chessex, Chessex is like one of the big, um, two or three dice manufacturing companies. I've been to their booth at uh, PAX Primes in years ago. Yes. It's, it's probably the same people in the same booth. Yeah. The exact same, like the same human beings, not just the same company because it's obviously the same company. It's the same name. Um, so I saw that they had like, hey, we can make custom dice and got to looking at that. And I thought, well, every year at Gen Con, they have like the Gen Con whatever custom die that you can get. And they've got two or three other things. And I thought, well, this could make a good like thing for Extra Life and, and me doing that. So I uh, got a hold of them, uh, you know, emailed their their like custom dice order thing and said like, hey, I'm kind of interested in doing this, you know. Can you tell me more about the process? And they're like, yeah, sure. Do you want it on the number one pip or on the number six pip? I'm like, ah, probably on the number six pip. And uh, I want this to be a good thing. So you see our logo when something good happens, not when something bad happens. Like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Well, here's the list of dies that we have available in on the six pip that are blank. And it was a list of probably 100 different color combinations. So picked two of them. One of them is going to be, if you're a member of the the gaming gang thing, um, I'm going to give you one of those dice just for 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 doing it and being a part of it. And then I'm having 300 of the other one made such that I can have them for giveaways and, and to have you know something for team members to give away. And it was like the whole time I'm sitting there like, because at first I thought like 200 dice. I'm like, well, 200 dice, if I get 10 people on the team, that's 20 per. And, at, I mean, if you set a relatively low number for that, giving those away, that could go quickly. So, like, 300? Is 300 it? Or is 300 too many? Or not enough? And I still don't know one way or the other. I mean, worst so, case, if you end up with 100 surplus dice, think of all the fun things you can do with 100 dice. Right. Well, that, and it's not like... Th- 
dice don't go bad. Yeah. So if I end up with too many, then I can use it for next year because I'm going to do it again next year. Or you, you, and and you can also go to a slide in a playground and then just roll all the dice down the slide and see what kind of noise that makes. I I still probably wouldn't do that. It's still, I mean, there's still value in them. I'm not just going to like go throw them and then hopefully find them all again. I mean, put it. You put a bucket at the bottom of the slide. To catch what, them if all. It what if it bounces off the side? Well, don't don't throw them down the slide. I mean, like. Pour well, then if them you're just sliding, slide. if you're just pouring them down the slide, they're just going to slide down the slide. That sounds dumb. It, it makes for a cool visual. You could be a good a good logo for the opening of your stream. <laughs> <laughs> but uh unfortunately it's going to be like six to eight weeks until i get them uh they did they were able to like on the day laser cut the logo into two of them oh nice uh to give me the the photo that i tweeted out um like hey how do these look and i was like holy crap this is a th this this has to happen now um so i'm looking forward to when i actually get to get those in hand and uh and do that i still don't know like what you know like, you know, hey, if you donate more than three bucks, you get a uh, rock band request. And if you donate more than $30, you can tell me what to play for half an hour. I figured the die is going to sit somewhere in the middle there. But I don't like if you show up and you've donated more than five dollars or you can get to me like I might, depending on timings, you know, potentially would maybe have these for well, when is TFCon, 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 yeah. end of October probably hopefully have them there hey if you've donated sure i can get you some dice then but i'm still not like i logistics man they're a thing that i need yeah. to get figured out roll with it i would say roll yeah. fast and loose and make shipping them something that is like mm -hmm. a very unlikely option because you don't want to deal with shipping dice everywhere yeah but the issue is i mean most of the people that are going to be donating to me are people that are donating you know small medium amounts online and I'd like to say thank you. And I think this is an awesome way to say thank you. And so I, man, I don't know. I oh, think you know like, what? Like a padded envelope. I think it should yeah, these things fine, envelope. but I'd be afraid of it getting like stuck in a conveyor belt. And then all that somebody gets is just this empty thing. And there's a die that's melted inside of a conveyor belt in the mail sorting facility. Well, I mean, somewhere. If, that, if that happens, good thing you have 300 of them. Yeah, maybe. Um, but I would say send it to someone. That you know is going to get one anyway, and just eat whatever the cost is, and use that as your bar to like figure out the logistics from there. Yeah, well, I, I figured like so. I have two or three members of of Andy Ruse Gaming Gang that are not locals and will not be locals for the game day. So it's like okay, I'm going to ship them one of those dice, and you know the one that's you know my thank you, and then cut a deal with them and say like, Hey, you want 30 of these things. This is my cost. Just, you know, PayPal me that amount or donate that amount to, to my thing. And I'll ship this whole chunk off and I'd feel better about that one than the yeah. individuals. But it's, it's all going to be a super learning experience. And it's another thing that I'm excited for because I'm having dice made for me. Yeah. And that's cool, but kind of weird. No, so, it's, it's a great, I mean, yeah. listen, you already got a tattoo. This is nothing compared to that. Yeah, but that, it's a good point. Unless, and I was going to say this, are you going to escalate the tattoo by saying, at $5,000, I will physically stitch one of these dice to the back of my arm or something? No, I'm not going to do that. I'm, right. I'm thinking about um, maybe trying to add on to the tattoo, potentially, mm -hmm. um, but I'm not sure. I'll and add that, your website logo on a and, tattoo yeah, for a couple uh, thousand dollars. Across my forehead, I'll, no. Um, but I think that would just be a for myself thing. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all stuff that's like up in the air, and I'm trying to get figured out. I'm looking forward to this the, to that period of time because I feel like I'm more equipped to stream and help out now than I was before. Oh, good. I thought of all these uh, dumb little challenges and whatnot. Okay. Not not actually. Is very... this is is this stuff you're going to try and have added to my things that are going on, or but I'm not going to I'm not going to compete. I'm not going to compete. But like during the time period, whenever someone else is doing something, you know, like I did with those live streams last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. give me like that. Except it'll actually be video games. Okay, not like not like a V build live stream. Well, I guess one of those was an Isaac stream, but it's going to be more than just Isaac. I think unless my computer explodes. Why why don't why don't you sign up to be a member of Andy Roos Gaming Gang? I keep forgetting that that's a th- an actual thing you have to do rather than just say you're a member of the gaming game. Yeah, like like <laughs> I would I would I really love that you just, you know, have everybody point at me and that gives me big numbers, but, you know. Now just do that anyway cuz there's no way I'll make a thousand <laughs> on my own. I'll, I'll admit it. Um but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll point uh, everyone at stands. Yeah, that's that's fine. Um but yeah, like Gen Con got some dice, got uh, Small World got some of the um, uh, legendary encounters. Got legendary encounters. Firefly got the uh, Civil War, um, Marvel Civil War expansion. Got uh, Sushi Go Party. Um, there was something else that we got on there too. I can't remember what else we got off the top of my head. I looked up the, or I went to 401 Games and found, I think I, no, I tagged you this on Twitter. I found those, uh, that game that we played with uh, with Ray at TFCon. Oh, yeah. The Blood Mountain game and its sequel game with the, the whatever castle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I almost bought them, but then I was like, I, I like this game, but this is that thing I keep doing where I buy tabletop games and I never have anyone to play them with except the people who already have the tabletop games. But mm-hmm. if I end up in a position where I need a tabletop game, I know where to get it now. That was a good cool. game. I always forget the name of it because it was a really complicated name. Yeah, it's the uh, Epic Wizard Duel or something. Epic Wizard Battle. Yeah. Oh, that was good. That was that was a good game. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's something simple. Yeah. But it's, that's it. It's got, that's... A, it's got a meta, I think. Not... Yeah. Well, it's not complex yeah but it has a strong meta it has a layered meta which i really Mm -hmm. liked Uh, cool um tj what about you what did you do off topic this week yeah (laughs) about that i killed somebody okay okay that time it skyped on me and you literally just told me i killed oh i said somebody uh (laughs) because you know it's off topic so it's not like a transformers person I got a murder rap. Uh, now, um, I want to save some stuff just because, um, these are stuff from like Metrocon I didn't even get to mention. Mm. Like, um, I th- I'll, I will stick to like more current stuff that just came in because I had a big box show up from HLJ. Ooh. Which, uh, because uh, because I want to be a little anime, and they were uh, decent decent price. Uh, the figure art card capture Sakura was in the bo- in the box, which comes with a ridiculous amount of stuff. So this is how out of touch I am. I didn't even know they were making figure arts card capture Sakura. <laughs> Here's what's weird. 
they made figure arts card capture Sakura. A month later, they made Figma card capture Sakura. What? Yeah. When did all this come out? Um, I want to say sometime last year. How did I not even know that those exist? Like literally, until you, like you saying figure arts card capture Sakura about thirty seconds ago is the first I've ever heard of that thing existing. Yeah, uh, not only that, both both lines are continuing. They're releasing, like, other designs from the show. I'm terribly out of touch. <laughs> God, that's embarrassing. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, is she uh, is she on par with the Precure type stuff, or is she more more solid than that? No, I never experienced the Precure type stuff. Oh. Um, having, uh, like, the VR Sailor Moon and Ranma, so I have some experience with their female designs. It's, uh, it's not bad. Okay. Like... Uh, Sakura's design has this big, like, big, poofy, frilly dress type thing, so it's not the best thing for solid plastic and articulation. Did you see the the cloth cape on, I want to say it was one of the Batman fig arts at Wonderfest? I heard about it, yeah. Like, you, you can't show me that and then keep doing plastic clothes? <laughs> we're, we're soon going to hit a point with figure arts where I'm already mean to the plastic clothes when it's like what you're saying, like a big poofy like skirt or robe or a cape. But very soon it's going to be literally inside figure arts' own realm. I'm going to start having a thing to point at. Maybe. <laughs> Unless it goes really bad. Yeah. I don't know. No. Um, the figure itself is not like they like loaded this thing out like aside from just your usual spare faces like little anime you know marketable we can make plushies out of this character included yeah like that type of character um you know uh you get uh your display stand that has a little spell circle underneath it like you do um they came with this massive like what i want to say like bandana sized cloth that's all just one giant spell circle. Oh, cool. Because that was a thing in the show. That was wrapped up in its own little plastic wrapper on the outside of the box. And it was wrapped onto the box with another piece of plastic. You get all of that off and you get this nice little slip cover with this big, like this, like really nice picture of Sakura on this plastic slip cover. Mm. You slide that off and it looks like the cloud book from the show. And you still haven't seen that. You've gotten all this stuff off. You still haven't seen the toy. I, I just found a, di- a diagram photo of that because I, I went to Google Image Search this figure. <laughs> yeah, so you open up the front, co- you open up the front cover of it, and there's a windowed box on the inside. And the left side, see you know your standard photos of the toy. You look inside the window on the right side, expecting to see the toy. No, it's another picture of Sakura. It's the same one from the slip cover. You still can't see it. All right. <laughs> just layer upon layer upon layer of packaging with the toy. The girl's like, playing hard to get. <laughs> uh, she's underage. Don't do that. <laughs> really, don't do that. Yeah, like back in the 90s, but, you know, since then. <laughs> she's grown up since then. Yeah, obviously. That's how anime works, kids. Um, it's... Kids? <laughs> no, no, it's a, it's a good figure. It comes with a ton of stuff. And mm-hmm. I would say the same thing about... Uh, the other one I grabbed, which was the the Figma of Yugi from Yu-Gi-Oh. Because that's where my anime from the 90s came from. I thought I thought they made a fig arts of him and a man. <laughs> what are you? I stopped paying attention to the stuff that isn't either 
toku or like really I funny like marvel uh, movie stuff i cannot be your news source for figure arts i just can't you gotta tell me about all this stuff when it happens yo <laughs> they made they made yugi from 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 Oh, the card games all right Oh, no, no, no. I'll give you the weird one there. Yugi was made as a Figma. Seto Kaiba, the rival, was made as a Rebel deck. Action figures are stupid. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing these days. Like, the licensing in Japan is just all over the place now. Well, I've Google image searched him, and uh, he seems to do everything that I was hoping he would do in these photos. Uh, oh, yeah. Is he, is he like a good Figma? Uh, he is a good Figma. All right. Like, they were sensible enough to actually include that overcoat thing, but it attaches like a cape. So yep. they don't try, they don't have the issue with Sakura. Like, it's, just, it's not just this big hunk of plastic you're stuck with. You can just take it off and just, yeah, he's fine. He just doesn't have his shirt on anymore. Yeah, that's right. He doesn't have his shirt oh, on. Oh, God. He's <sighs> like 10. Yeah, back in what, the 80s? You go as mid 90s. Yeah, in the mid... I don't know. It's all like a decade ago, I'm sure. <laughs> Late 90s, I think, actually. That's after really? like the... It was after the Pokemon boom. Oh, because I, I keep thinking... Like, Pokemon was 99. With me and Yu-Gi-Oh!, the way that I always remember it is, I remember when the card game was big, but then I remember that the anime had a whole season before there was a card game. Yeah, where Yu-Gi was setting people on fire. Yeah, when he was cool. And, uh... And so I always end up thinking it's older than it actually was. No, but again, it's a it's a good toy. It comes with all everything you would expect cards he can hold on. And there's a Millennium Puzzle with like an actual little chain around it. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, good stuff. I like it when Figma gets a little bit like when it starts pushing a little bit, because that's when Figma gets really cool. Like mm-hmm. having a little actual chain on there. Yeah. Yeah. So that one made me happy. Um. Yeah, I'm kind of running up on time here, so I'll save a lot for next week. But the big one that I will go ahead and mention, like, up front, um, the box also contained my Soul of Chogokin Gaugaigar. Finally! Finally. My first SOC. And it's a, it's, it's a solid one. It's not indicative of the whole experience, but it's also a solid one. Well, I, I, I don't have any experience with SOC, so... Yeah, this, like... This, this there, is still experience for me. There's there's things about the SOC journey that are not represented on Gaugaigar because they he has so much transformation. Mm-hmm. But he's 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 still like a very good SOC. You're just not getting stuff like the display stand and all that, you know, extra extra fiddly nonsense. Oh, for for what it is, like it is a fantastic set. Yeah. Because I never had I never had any of the other transforming Galgaigars. Oh yeah, no. You, I mean, you didn't miss much. The Takara was the only one really worth getting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I kind of figured. Yeah, uh, you, I mean, have you? So you've run them through all his transformations, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do? You, number one, how do you find the posable hands? Uh, I think a little bit exaggerated in size. Um, but other than that. I'm kind of okay with them. And uh and how did you find just the the feel of the of the figure? The feel is incredible. Like it's a it's such a huge hunk of die cast, but part of me is okay cuz it's all used intelligently. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need a display stand. 
like just drill gal being like mostly metal that alone just he's never moving i could anchor a boat with this toy i only want a display stand so i have somewhere to put all the hands where they're organized and don't jumble around when i bump into them <laughs> well this way i keep little baggies i could keep parts in jumbled that's a jumble i mean see the the full soc experience the display stand is also like this like ridiculously manufactured like rack for all the accessories where they're all in order and all like custom locked in place and it's it's wonderful i was hoping they would do uh, like a tamashi web exclusive like i don't know inside of like one of the carriers or something for gaugagar uh i'm fi i'm fine with what i've been given it gets all the transformation elements right. That makes me happy enough. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I love the little tricks it does with, like, the ballooning abs and uh, the way that yeah. the train locks in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like having, like, those forearms, in a, you know, be able to attach without part forming. Yeah. Technically, because it's all on slides. You know, I I like having an extra set of hands so they can spin out of the forearms. Yeah, I wish they span more. I, 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 because I've studied the toy so much. I have like my crits are like, it's a compliment to it. The crits I have on that toy are so pedantic and tiny and like extremely specific. Mm. And it's it's mostly just ways that I wish that they could have like pushed the physics of toy manufacturing past what the limits are right now. Like if they could have gotten like three solid turns out of the hand at like a visible speed, or something like that. I don't right. know how you would do it. <laughs> but yeah, that mm, like that that's one of those where it's just like I could talk endlessly about this. It was just the process of just going through everything. Just it had just such a good feel to it in general. Yeah. I don't know what else I would get from this line, but I kind of want to get something else from this line now. Well, g guess what? <laughs> this is this line is going to have Go Lion by the end of the year, which is one of the releases that many had figured Soul of Jigokin just would never be able to do due to licensing. It's also going to have the Daisujin by next year, something that people thought it was never going to do because why would they do the Daisujin before other robots they've done? Uh, you, you got good stuff coming up in Soul of Jigokin. Yay. If you want some solid previous ones, like uh, Leopardon is a great Soul of Jigokin. Um, and uh, the Battle Fever Robo is another one of my favorites. Uh, and th those are those are both smaller releases as well. They're not like that's back when Soul of Jigokin did like kind of medium sized releases. Now it's more of a once a year gigantic thing line. Um, but back in the day, it kind of occupied the same space as Super Robot Jigokin. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's good stuff in that back catalog. I want the big O. Oh, I, I always, I always almost picked that one up, but it was like, I don't know enough about the big O to justify this, but I've heard that once you get the, the add-on accessories, it's a really good figure. <laughs> once you buy more, he's good. Yeah, that, I remember that was the big bummer with him, is he was a good figure, but all of his accessories came as like a Tamashi Web exclusive and, like, there was engineering on the figure for those accessories or something. And it was just, like, a... It was an unpleasant situation. But now that it's all old and all on the aftermarket, it's kind of evened out in a way. Um, 
but yeah, you should you should get into some of that uh, some of that Chogokin. Yeah, sure, sure. I'll just uh, scrape up a month's toy budget and go through the back catalog. Yep, just do it. Go get that Gunbuster. Go get that Edeon. It's all good stuff. It's all it's all good affordable stuff. <laughs> um, well, I got I have one off-topic thing I'd really like to talk about because it's my only thing, and I'm I'm very into it. Uh, I'm going to shoot over four Instagram links. This is another MechaZone piece, uh, so it's a 3D printed piece by uh, David White. This is the Mechanaut Explorer. The main reason I'm really hyped about this one is this is a major, major physical upgrade as far as design. Uh, this thing has a lot more posability than his last releases, which if you see the group shot, like those those three behind him are the old Mechanaut V2 design with ball socket shoulders and like ball socket hips. Uh, no bicep or thigh swivels, but a little bit of like, you know, inward outward movement on the ball socket joint. Good figures. Not like superposable, but good figures. This one, uh, the only ball sockets are the neck joint, the mid torso joint, and the ankles. Everything else is five millimeter pegged, uh, like hinge joints. But he's got oh. like universal shoulders, universal hips, uh, thigh and bicep swivels, and then like a friggin' double jointed knee. Uh, this is like pushing to fig arts levels of posability and it's still a figure that was made entirely off of a 3d printer uh so it's just this big step forward it's it's really cool um and he's got these gimmicks like he's got a staff that's uh made up of like a, a drill and a sword that you can kind of pull apart into different pieces if you want to uh he's got this mask that can close up in front of his face uh the orange dome it's not like a gimmick to remove it, but just by assembly, you can remove it if you want, to, and you want to see like his his eyes dead on. Um, it's just like it's it's a it's a posable enough figure that it crosses the line to, uh, that of, of the the older Mechanaut stuff to where I have more fun with it as a desk toy, and it's got the durability of its the nature of its construction, and it's got the coolness of the nature of how it was made. Uh, I was really impressed with it. Uh, it's, it's a solid step forward. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that uh, he can make a few more releases with that skeleton, uh, or at least one more before the year's up. But I'm not sure what his schedule is like. It was, it was a great toy, though. Um, really happy I was able to pick one up. I think he made fifteen or twenty of them, um, and he ran out of the orange plastic, the orange translucent plastic. Uh, his supply ran out while he was making them, and the the company that he was getting it from stopped making that orange plastic. So he had to switch the orange up for purple and green on uh, the last couple of those, which also looked really cool. But I, I like the, uh, the earthy tones of this one. Um, so if you haven't checked that out, I, I got some pictures up on my Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I'm going to do some, I'm going to, I'm going to do some actual reviews of the rest of those Mechazone figures I've got. I've got like three of them now that I have no four of them. I got to do videos for, and I'd like to to get back to them uh, at some point. Even though they're not like readily available, I really want to show like what this style of three D printed toy can do because uh, it's it's very impressive stuff. Uh, but that's that's all I got. Um, so I think that takes us to the end of this show. TJ's got uh, uh, an appointment in fifty four minutes, so hopefully the ending of the show will take less than fifty four minutes and uh, TJ can get over to that appointment. Um, that would be appreciated, yes. So, uh, Aaron, do you want to have like a 52-minute conversation about, I don't know, helicopters or something? Sure. What do you want to talk about? Want to talk about auto gyro rotation? How feasible would it be to have a helicopter that was actually like Copter from the GoBots that could turn into a robot? Not very. 
How feasible would it be to have a helicopter where the blade could fold up and just suck into the main body like on a copter from GoBots in the cartoon? Uh, that actually is a thing. But no, it like it folds upwards. There were folds upwards. There, like an umbrella. Not, not folds upwards and like then, an umbrella. And then it just sucks into his body was, like a black hole. Um, there were a couple of tests for a what do they call it? A vertiprop or something where it was uh, the idea was I'm trying to find it because uh, I think they made one the one or we're working on one uh, I don't remember the history where it was a single blade that had a counterweight on the opposite side and the idea was it would use that to fly so it's got the counterweight so it's balanced it would get up start going forward transition over to like jet engines and then let that blade end up behind and sink down and then you'd have enough thrust to weight ratio that you don't need the whirly bit on top keeping it up that you're just doing it with thrust and small lift wings and why haven't any transformers used that design uh, I don't because it's likely a weird one-off thing. Just ingrates, um, ingrates yeah, everywhere. It, uh, some some of the weird ones um, got pretty weird there for a bit. There was what do they call it? The X-wing, where it was this big, like purely cross-shaped um, airfoil, and the design was so that it would be a lifting wing in either direction. So then once it would get up to speed. It would uh, no longer have the the blades turn and would lock in place, and then would just fly straight. Um, There's more helicopter talk in your head than I actually thought there was. Yeah, there. I live helicopters now. That's kind of kind of what what I, what I do. Well, um, I I live efficient podcast endings. It was the Sikorsky XV2. It was only, uh, there were none built. It got deep into prototypes. It was the one that had the single blade and it folded down and had doors that shut over top of it. Like a big delta wing thing. I mean, I could talk about the first, uh, Sikorsky Blackhawk, not the one that everybody knows, but it was this, um, like, prototype thing that was the S67, not the S70, this Blackhawk everybody knows, that was designed that went up against the, um, Cobra, I think. Yeah. Uh, the Cobra attack helicopter. And there was only one of them ever produced and it managed to crash at an air show during a, a maneuver. And it got a little bit too close to the ground and then, you know, didn't get away from the ground and it kind of did bad things. And uh, so that when Sikorsky made the, the S-70, which became the, the UH-60 line of things, the Army reassigned the Blackhawk from the thing that had one and kind of went boom to a new helicopter that they've built thousands and thousands of. It means, but you got some badass perpetrators that are here to stay.